0: Yep. There it is. I don't know. There's that I don't, of- I don't know. I don't know what that magic like. I hit the fucking start recording <laughs> button, and everybody like looks at each clams other. Clams up. <laughs> like, what are we doing? We've never done this. We haven't done eighty nine of these fucking things before. We don't know what to say at the beginning of a podcast.
1: Well, so there it is. It's because we always start with that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's like the thing we say at the start. Oh, yeah. okay. We're all quiet, and then we start the podcast. Yeah. Um. Welcome to Dance for a Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode eighty nine. I'm Mark. I'll be your host tonight. I'm here with Christy. Hi. And Tim. Hey. We're going to do things a little quick today. So we're going to do a lightning round of news. And then we're going to jump right into Geek of the Week. And then we're doing albums this week. So I'm expecting it to take a long time. So we're only doing four pieces of news. Oh, wow. What might happen is I might just cut it out if I don't fucking like it. Like if it's too long. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's happening yet. Um, First things first. Familiar faces from Marvel's past are resurfacing as production notes from uh, Captain Marvel are starting to come out. Because it's set in the 90s, obviously, a bunch of old characters are able to come back. So the casting call has seen, goddammit, the guy who plays Ronan. I can't remember his name. Uh, Clark Gregg's going to be there playing Agent Coulson, which is kind of nice that he's getting to get to come back. There was somebody else. And I know Sam Jackson's going to be in there with uh, no eye patch. So kind of cool. Yeah, I wish I <laughs> I need to remember who the other guy is, though. <laughs> i'm not good at which you one you know it's it's not ronan like ronan i wish i knew the actor's name that would be nice but too, lee, but, lee, lee pace um, was ronan that's thank you and then there was somebody else who showed up also there's been screenshots of somebody who's playing monica rambo who is captain a captain marvel and also the leader of next wave which is amazing if she's actually going to be in the mcu for me and the four <laughs> other next wave okay. fans well next wave <laughs> nerds yeah jaman hunsu
2: Oh, that? he uh I think he played one of the or like the second in command of the uh Chitari. Oh, yeah. Okay, Corath and Rome. Yeah. yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, okay. So they are they're both back as well. So
0: obviously Uh-oh. Captain Marvel being a a cree thing that gets to bring those characters back in nicely, which is pretty cool. In related Marvel news, Black Panther has uh overtaken the Avengers as the highest grossing US superhero movie of all time. At this point, I feel like they should stop fucking printing these stories. And just like wait till it is the highest superhero <laughs> movie of all time. And then just announce that. Because it's probably like this week or next week yeah. that that'll happen. And then just go. Yeah. So if it's beat Avengers it must be coming close. Yeah.
2: Well wait that so that was the, the number or the largest MCU movie or the largest superhero movie period? I think it's the MCU right now. I don't know. The details are like everything. Because of the way they're doing this like it
0: broke another record and I'm using finger quotes uh, for edification. Like they're not really specifying like what they are anymore. They're just like it broke another record, but it's like these random, very niche records yeah. that it's beating, whereas it looks like it's on pace to actually become the highest grossing superhero movie of all time, which I think it would have to beat mm-hmm. I want to say the Dark Knight, I think,
2: is number no. one still, but the, I'm not the sure.
1: Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the article on IO nine out?
2: says Black Panther has beat Avengers to become the highest grossing superhero movie in US box office history. So that's just the US, I guess. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So All right. So not not worldwide. I don't know. Yeah. Not worldwide yet. I think,
0: I'm assuming. Well, it might not because of yeah. China. So that's yeah, true. a problem. But
2: who knows? Yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing <laughs> to say. <laughs> I'm happy to see, it
2: to see it keep fucking soaring. I'm still considering going. It's still in out in theaters here, and I'm still sort of thinking of yeah, going yeah, to see too. it. Like maybe after I watch Civil War and my whole like MCU uh, watch through. I just yeah. I just did Ant Man, so I'm through Phase Two now. I just got. I gotta pick a weekend in April to take off and
0: like binge all those movies so that I, I'm ready for Infinity War. It's going
1: oh, to take more than a weekend.
0: It's only it's only like 20 30. movies. I, I can do that. 31 hours <laughs> oh, or something God. like that. I think. Oh yeah, I could totally rock that in a fucking weekend. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you just you like could.
0: start
1: it
2: when you wake up, you know, and keep That's keep doing crazy. it until you go to bed or whatever.
1: That's crazy.
0: Goddamn right, I can do it. I can do it. The so next thing, uh, there's the first trailer for the new
2: season of Archer. Yeah, is, has been posted. Did you guys watch that?
1: Oh, is it I good? Oh, it yet, but it looks
2: like Jungle Noir sort of thing, like African Queen yeah. uh, sort of themed, or maybe yeah. maybe a little bit of Apocalypse Now kind of thing.
0: Yeah. It is uh it starts April twenty fifth, so that's we're like less than a month away from New Archer and uh yeah. It's just a
2: few days after uh after we get New Westworld too.
0: Yeah, and it's like Two yeah. days before Infinity War, so it's just going to be like, oh yeah, like a, that week's going to be crazy. Going to be fucking nuts trying to keep up with everything that's going <laughs> on. So, oh, yeah. although I guess you would only get one episode of Archer, right? It's it's a weekly show on TV, yeah. so you're only going to get you're not getting the season dump. Like I wish they would do because yeah. that would be it'd be nice to be able. To same be, with same with Westworld. That's true too. Yeah, so yeah. so not that much. It's not like a Netflix dump of like twelve episodes you got to pile mm. through or whatever. So not not that bad. Lastly, uh, and this is just for everybody, uh, Henry Cavill's mustache has been removed. <laughs> so rest in
2: peace. I did see Henry that. Henry Cavill's mustache.
1: Are you serious? Yeah, he
2: shaved it. Like and he did he did like a whole video about it and stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Did. <laughs> That's he did a huge uh
0: Twitter like thing where he had like video and stuff of him removing the mustache finally, which was <laughs> I mean good on him for like owning up or like not I guess owning just owning the situation at that point and trying to make it at least kind of fun for everybody because there are a lot of people were really pissed off about that for whatever reason and I don't know I just thought it was funny I I was I was happy to see Henry Cavill just kind of owning like leaning into that and playing it up while he
2: shaved it off that was kind of funny yeah
0: that was it for my news. Do you have anything real quick you want to talk about there, Timothy? you have anything you want to talk about? Come on, Sure. Ladies.
2: There, there were some uh, Marvel Marvel comics comings and goings. Uh, mm. Mighty Thor died, so that's yep. uh, Jane Jane Foster. Thor is uh, is now gone, um, which had been known sort of teased for a while because the current storyline was called like the death, the death of Mighty, the Thor. Mighty Thor. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's, a, been, it's
0: been going on for a year. So it's twelve issues so far. We've known that this has been coming, and like I've I read a review for that issue. This morning, um, I haven't actually picked up the I want to I'm going to trade rate and like, or I'm going to now that it's done, I'm going to grab the arc and pick it and read it because I was reading it mm. uh, beforehand. Jason Aaron's not leaving the book, the writer. So it's he's sticking around, but he is getting a new artist for the next batch of issues. There was another thing about... Somebody Somebody just took over Fantastic
2: Four, but... Well, the Fantastic Four is coming back, to the, the comics. Yeah, They've been yeah. absent for a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're... Uh, who's bringing it back? It is... I know Sarah Pacelli's drawing it. Uh, creator of Miles Morales and Ultimate Spider-Man. Dan Slott. Oh,
0: cool. Dan Slott is writing it. Yeah, okay, Dan Slott. So it's just like, it's Spider-Man people going over to take over uh, Fantastic Four then, because Dan Slott yeah. just did a giant run on Spider-Man for a couple years
2: yeah marvel basically stepped away from fantastic four which a lot of people sort of suspected was because marvel or fox had the rights to it and they weren't you know trying to sort of they were trying not to uh sort of support yeah Yeah. support and publicize characters that fox had rights to so not a problem anymore (laughs) exactly yeah, now that the Disney Disney Fox thing is in progress, uh, not totally completed yet, I don't think. I haven't seen any it's, views. It's, it's still totally gotta
0: go through hundred like gotta complete. go through FTC and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like monopoly and stuff. Most people are expecting it to go through just with mm-hmm. the way the government is operating in the United States right now, it might be a little slower of a process than it usually is because I guess well the government's I mean, the big industry staff is
2: underfunded right now. That's <laughs> true that's true but i mean at the very at the very least they seem to be trying to at least make sure that uh, businesses and big corporations ha- can do whatever the fuck they yeah. want so maybe that means it'll go through quickly
0: well, one can hope because i would like to see the
2: x-men in the mcu sooner rather than later so yeah let's see what else did i have there was well
1: it'll happen <laughs> yeah. anyway
2: yeah there was this story about Mark Hamill talking about George Lucas's ending for episode 9. I haven't even read it cuz no. honestly I have no interest in what could have been kind yeah, of it's, thing. Fa-
0: it's technically fan fiction at this point. I mean, it's it's interesting yeah. the, I I I saw it and didn't read it either because I was looking for short interesting news, not like theoretical stuff. So Yeah. I'll,
2: lo- I'll look it at looks it like it was eventually. Yeah, it looks like it was basically Luke survived until the end of episode 9 and he trained Leia and Leia sort of went on to you know the lead jedi or whatever but yeah well mm. but it's just one of those things that just is bad. just fueling the the rage and fire of a thousand angry or millions, millions, millions of, of angry, angry star wars fans pacific rim uprising came out like when they're and,
1: trying to make better
2: yeah uh pacific rim uprising came out and seems to have been pretty middling reception there's a lot of movies
0: coming out right now that are mm-hmm. getting are in that kind of like nobody's really sure. Like we talked about A Wrinkle in Time last week, getting kind of a weird reaction. And then now mm-hmm. Pacific Rim not getting a great reaction next week. I, or is it this week? Ready Player One? Or is that
2: already? Out? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. This this week, this weekend, I think I think probably premieres like tonight. And I've actually I've
0: heard people who loved
2: <laughs> it. Yeah, like I've heard people who loved it and I've heard people who fucking hated it. So like it's all over the map. Uh, with that one, the best so. I've heard from it so far is that it's fun. I haven't heard anybody like being like, Oh my God, this is the best movie I've ever yeah. seen. Or, you know, even like in the last couple months or whatever, but just people saying like, yeah, it's pretty fun. Hmm. And I've seen some people. That are like, um, yeah, it's garbage. watch it when it shows up online.
1: I have a theory as to why that's happening. And I think it's because the quality of TV is becoming so good. And the stories are so much richer because they don't have the, you know, constraints of being two to two, three hours long mm-hmm. that people are expecting a higher quality story than a movie can deliver at this point.
0: Well, it's always like the trade off for movies versus TV is that like you're, you're telling a two hour self-contained story and there's only so much you can do yeah. inside that two, like 92, what's the feature 80 minutes up to three hours plus or whatever. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. so 90 minutes to four hours, like you're kind of in that range and like, what can you tell? And like, what can audiences sit through in a four hour movie? So, or whatever.
1: Yeah, we're also being we're also being exposed to a lot more like quality content, so people are becoming their own like reviewers and pickier and like expecting. I think just when you have Stranger Things and then you go and see something like Pacific Rim, you kind of expect it to be on the same level of of yeah. You want you want the
0: writing to have the same depth and stuff. You just can't do that in a two-hour action movie versus a I guess nine-hour. TV show or nine hour movie, really the way they shoot those Netflix shows, right? Like it's, yeah. So. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's up to true. Hollywood to deal with. Like it's, it, they, they and, but they've been leaning so heavily the last couple of years on that tentpole, like Marvel so- style, like blockbuster to kind of keep the business going that like the actual storytelling side of movies is either like an Oscar winner or non-existent or has gone to Netflix kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's a weird, weird mm-hmm. time to be a media whatever, analyst, reviewer, podcast, fucking nerd who talks about this shit all day, like that kind of thing. So.
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Two
2: things real quick. Donald Glover and FX have both sort of mm. nailed on the uh, animated Deadpool series that had been previously talked about. There's a lot of <laughs> shade getting thrown around because of that too this yeah. week. So
1: Why did that happen?
2: Uh, it's not a whole lot of information on it, just that it's, you know just didn't sort of materialize and i guess well donald glover then posted i guess a script or story treatment or something like that it was
0: there's a it's a weird thing like he got he went on a little rant about like he pulled the race card on them and then like i guess they said something about him being too busy and then he produced a script like yeah
2: here i made
0: yeah here i wrote this so i'm not too busy i don't know what's going on it just it turned into a it's kind of becoming a fiasco but i don't know how many people are super paying attention or whatever, but. I don't know. I'm disappointed. I would have liked to have seen that show. I think Donald Glover's sense of humor would have been like right up, like
2: would have been great for Deadpool. So it sounds like it's not like yeah. totally dead. I mean, it sounds like it might still exist in some form. Just it's obviously going to need some new people behind it and a new network. I figure you know they should just wait till Ryan Reynolds
0: can't play the movie role anymore and then just let him <laughs> voice a TV show. Like why would yeah. you not just be waiting? Like I know they want to probably get a Deadpool property on the air right now because it's a hot property. But like you could wait ten years, do three or four movies. And then when he's like, I can't do this anymore, I'm falling apart, but I still want to play the character. Cartoon time. Yeah. Go. Like, let Ryan Reynolds and his team fucking take over an FX cartoon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be 100% down for that. And a movie story that, or fucking, yeah, movie story that makes my soul sad. The Spice Girls are working on an animated superhero movie. <laughs> yep. That's that's about it. <sighs>
1: I have so many feelings. <laughs> I have so many feelings about it. In
0: 1996, I would have had so many feelings in my pants about this, but like now, I'm like, well, they don't, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I never really like cared this. about the Spice Girls to begin with. But
2: this might be the bubble bursting. This might be the needle that does it. You're you're expecting
0: anybody to give a shit? If the, or you're actually expecting this to actually happen? First of all, second of all, you're expecting anybody to care? Like and <laughs> compare it in what some you're going to compare it one to one with what like infinity war like the spice <laughs> yeah, girls movie definitely. is going to be so atrocious definitely.
2: it's going to take down the disney machine <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen no i just i just feel like this is like peak idiocy in this realm and yeah and, that, and peak like you know tri- other people trying to cash in on it kind of thing and hopefully at least that will start to die out and maybe people will realize hey we don't need to make it just because it you know is a superhero franchise we should make it because it's good and deserves to be made who you what, what you're describing a thought process that i don't think actually happens
0: in a studio That <laughs> doesn't exist so, in hollywood yeah like i don't think that actually works that way so yeah i mean it would be nice if it did but but yeah that was everything i had nice yeah, blaze through that shit New, shortest news segment ever! I'm so happy right now. It's Geek of the Week time, guys. Let's get yeah, into we're it. We're just
1: like rocking through here.
0: <laughs> hey, it's an album episode. You know how these go, yeah. right? So, I do, a I do, I do. Um, yeah, Geek of the
1: Week. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. of the Week.
2: Geek of the Week. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. now we're at fucking three hours, so that's great. Oh, that well was the longest um, thing
2: ever. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> just because we got through the news quick doesn't mean you guys make the make the sting twenty five fucking minutes long. All
1: right, <laughs> so much editing you now. You love it, anyway.
0: So geek of the week, Christy, start us off. What's the geekiest thing? You see, you sounded like you had a story to tell, so I'm 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 ready for this. No, I've just I'm leaning back. It's
1: been a lot it's leaning been back a lot this week. There's been just I'm I'm exhausted. I know I say that every episode, but like I'm not physically exhausted, I'm mentally exhausted from starting a new job, and like you know, I've been geeking about arc. Yeah.
0: Our- I feel like all three of us are gonna say the same thing this week, so yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, my geek of the week, what did I do this week?
0: We don't know you we need you to tell us
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've hey, just been if you can
0: make bad jokes, I can make true. bad it's jokes. it's true you're
1: right I didn't I, I shouldn't have laughed sardonically um so uh, I'd say that I went through, oh my God, yes, this is totally my geek of the week. I was going through <laughs> Dragoon. And I still haven't beaten it because I haven't had a ton of time to play. But in my spare moments when I have played it, I've been trying to find all the Stardust. And I thought I had found my last one. And I've never accomplished that in like my 20 years of playing this game every year. (laughs) I thought maybe I was finally going to find all the Stardust. And I got to this location and I looked for it and I was like, fuck yeah, one more Stardust and it's here. And I looked at my phone where, because I looked it up because they're everywhere and they're random and they're, you have to like, there's no sign of them. You just have to click everything in the world because <laughs> it's like old school, like, you know, early <laughs> 2000s oh, and there yeah. was no like shine no or, anything. or anything. No, nothing. You just had to be lucky. And there's 50 of them. I read the instruction wrong. It was just giving me instructions for the same place. And now I have to go through 50 locations
2: <laughs> to see uh, where I
1: didn't get this fucking stardust. <laughs> and
2: I, just- I hate that with heart pieces and Zelda. I've done that before. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. what fucking one did I miss? What I could swear I I've got all of these. I know,
1: yep. and it's just like it's so frustrating because the thing is, I have to keep switching discs every mm-hmm. time. Oh, I have to that's go back.
0: right, PlayStation One, old school. Right. Yeah,
1: between four discs, four discs.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, <laughs> it's oh just man, been that's like, amazing. You you have you have to imagine me just sitting there and like realizing I have to go back again and like switching the disc and then realizing I made a, realizing I made a mistake and switching ah, the disc, ah, and then like getting up and down and up and down i'm just like looking at my fitbit like all right i've gotten 700 steps in the last half hour because i've had to like change these goddamn discs
2: throwing so the disc times. into the fucking ps4 ps and yeah in disdain
1: and i'm like why didn't i just keep playing this on the ps4 because i downloaded it i was gonna
2: say haven't yeah they they must have released re-released it at this point they yeah, it's it a PS One classic. It's been out for a while. Yeah. You know?
1: yeah, but Mark has a frame meister, so
2: yeah, yeah you meant.
1: Yeah, and it's beautiful, and I I love playing it with the old PS One controller, and it's just like it's nostalgia, just, right?
2: The purest in me, the purest in me, agrees with you.
1: Yeah, oh, and I've played no, it on the PS Four already, so like, I mean, it's it's still great, but yeah, so it's just been like me sitting there just being like, mother fucker like, <laughs> ah, ah, just part of the reason
0: heart. why I, I kind of don't like like RPGs and like big like open world games like Zelda games and stuff like that because that kind of thing frustrates the shit out of me and then it's like I'm now going to spend the rest of like a day wandering around this fucking video game world I know trying to find like a quarter heart piece or whatever little thing and like when I play a game like that I'm totally a completionist so like I'm yeah. wandering around some shitty wasteland killing thing, trying to find like yeah. the one thing I missed and like trolling through game facts, trying to like see if I can jog my memory to remember which one it was. And it's like, no. I
1: know I hate this and, shit. I hate and, it. and that's I the hate thing. It. I've I've been really patient. You know, I've been like, okay, this is good because I'm trying to be a completionist for this time because, you know, it's been, like I said, twenty years of playing this game almost every year. So um I'm probably on like my sixteenth or seventeenth playthrough. And um I've never Fully completed I've never actually played With different characters I've never like Really explored what They're different because li- there's six Levels of six to eight Levels of like Moves you can unlock but you have to Do each move successfully a hundred Times almost in order to Actually move up and Get a new addition and the thing is They are very hard and if there's any Lag fucked So like it's been me grinding, trying to like get these characters to all reach their final like moves, and I'm just like, now I have to get this fucking Stardust, and I hate everybody. I want to play with these characters, and I just want to. <sighs> <sighs> so <laughs> that's my geek of the week.
2: That
0: sounds exciting.
1: It's uh like super nerddom because it's the kind of thing you guys know and our listeners know when you have a game like that. And you're so close to being hundred percent, you will do anything and you will stay with it to get that hundred yeah, percent. You've it's come like a, too far it's such struggled. a
0: stupid waste of time too. Like you're what do you what are you gonna get out of that? You get hundred no. percent, you get that little you get that little like endorphin release that you get because that. your O C D clicks and you get that one hundred percent. But afterwards it's just like, Man, I killed three days looking for that one piece of Stardust or whatever, and now I wanna kill myself. So
1: but the nice thing is I don't just get what I'm getting with the Stardust is that I'm actively getting a whole new battle and like section of the world that I've never seen. So you, okay, me, so you've
0: played this game for 20 years and you, there's a section of it you never.
1: Well, to be honest, I just what would tend to happen, and I'm sure you guys can empathize with this, is that I'd play with the idea to get the Stardust in mind. I try not to use a guide and then, you know, a new game would come out. So I'd be three quarters of the way through Dragoon. And then I'd just play through to finish it. Because I was yeah. like, okay, I'll just I'll just finish it. I I can't not finish it. And then I'd do it again and the cycle would continue. Or I'd have I had like a a save that I was um like continuing from just so that I was like keeping up with my my old like I still had somewhere to start, so I didn't have to go all the way back to the beginning. But there's certain Stardust that if you don't get them at the right time, then you don't get them. Mm. And so it's just like I know that hasn't happened on this playthrough, but it's just, like, freaking annoying. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's my Geek of the Week. All just
2: right.
1: For the love, for the love of the game.
2: <laughs> All right. Tim, you're up. My Geek of the Week is also gaming. I got back in and put some serious hours into Breath of the Wild again, finally. Nice. Um, so and I actually moved the main quest forward a bit, so I uh, you know, up until now, I've just been like unlocking the world sort of thing, yeah. uh, you know, unlock doing shrines and unlocking the, the towers and the warp points and stuff like that. Just so I figured it would make it easier for me overall, and I'm that kind of person. Like, if there's stuff that I can do that you know, without moving the main quest forward, I'll go do that first. You're gonna make the main quest very easy for yourself if you're that powered up. though, is the only problem. That's 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 mm-hmm. my plan. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not in it necessarily for the difficulty. No, no, I'm sure in enough. it for that's the fair. story and the experience and the world exploration that kind of that's thing. That's fair. I'm I'm not I'm not other Mark. I'm not you know sitting here wanting like some fucking Mega Man hard game yeah. to just bend me over and and fuck me up with a rock salt dildo kind of that thing. Oh boy!
1: Oh Jesus Christ! That is a that is
2: a <laughs> that's, a, that's an image. <laughs> <laughs> it's an image that
0: Tim has repeated ad nauseum on the podcast, though. Like, I've heard that one before. So, it for,
1: oh, the, the yeah,
0: he's used it before. And That's then I got a message from my mom because she thought it was very vulgar.
1: <laughs> she thought it was very, <laughs> very vulgar. Well,
0: there you go, it's Carrie. Very vulgar. This is really early <laughs> on. This is early days. Like, this is probably the first 10 yeah. or 20 episodes or something like that.
2: Whereas now she's probably acclimated yeah, to it. Absolutely. She's probably using it while
0: she's at work or something like <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I went through and did the uh the divine beast that's in the Gerudo province, the uh, uh which is the the camel. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers.
0: Yeah, it's a two-year-old just game kidding. now. I, I think you should have played it by now,
2: Christy. No, it's, it's a, a year.
0: It's, it's a year. Just, it's a year. a year.
2: Yep. So, yeah. And uh, and I have, like, only, I think, two or three of the, like, lost memories that I need to still get. Nice. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on the last couple nights, because I'd, I'd like to get those all finished. I know that the one in, get, in the castle is going to be kind of a bitch to get. Well, yeah. Uh, if you're not super fucking
0: powered up and have the Master Sword, it might be a problem to get in there and, like, do it properly.
2: So. Yeah. But I'm hoping I can at least get all the ones except that yeah. one. Uh, and but and I, I might give it a shot trying to get that one and just try and be like stealthy you or can whatever. pull it off. We'll like I know people have pulled it off. It does. It
0: is kind of like the conclusion of the story, though. So I, I was kind of happy that I left it till right before I fought Ganon. Until you can actually get into the town. Yeah, well, it just like right before I fought mm-hmm. Ganon and I found it. And I was like, oh, great. That's like kind of the last memory. Like it kind of clearly like, yeah. flows through into like the finale and like what happens. And like then you start the game kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like that's... I don't know, you keep talking about that game, it makes me want to go back and play it, which like would infuriate Christy, because <laughs> my Geek of the Week was that I did start The Witcher this week. It's a lie, I, I'm lying to you right now, I totally lied. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> the betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the look on her face is so good right
1: now. <laughs> I was so excited for you.
2: And then you just pulled out your heart and danced on oh, it.
1: Danced on it. <laughs> you, just, you just just danced. It's not going to be okay. Da, just, da, just, just
2: river danced all over it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh why would you, you start that goddamn game, um,
0: I My plan is to start it tomorrow. Um, I just, this yeah, this <laughs> weekend, this week was a little insane. Uh, so I was kind of busy working and stuff not a lot of a downtime for gaming i did um while i was working today so my geek of the week actually is that like for some reason i watched beetlejuice this week and like i just had this weird thing that i wanted to see beetlejuice and that movie's so fucking good still like <laughs> michael still keaton man
2: i watched it for the first time in years
0: i watched it for the first time in years like last halloween Yeah, michael keaton fucking crushes that movie like he owns every second of he's on screen for that movie it's so good Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally understand now why he's always like he was like the one who was the hottest about doing a sequel because I guess he had so much fun on set that he was just like I want to do another one because I want to play that character again but and I kind of wish now that it happened because it's been a long time since I'd seen it and I was like oh yeah it's one of those movies that I grew up watching Paul was obsessed with it so he watched it like three times a week and it drove me crazy and it's hmm. been like ages since I'd seen it <laughs> but now like, it gave me like well we've been talking about doing a series about directors but I definitely want to go back and do like watch like that and Edward Scissorhands and, and like Burton. do it an early, well, an early Tim Burton episode because I don't want to get into like Planet of the Apes like or Batman. anything like that but like yeah, yeah like the Edward Scissorhands uh Beetlejuice Batman era. Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas that's a little like,
1: quality, that's quality.
0: My I don't like that movie that much
1: oh
0: Aww. it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me sorry guys Beetlejuice on the other hand though awesome then so they yeah. totally like insp- I have like three drawings from it that I want to do now like I want to draw the snake and shit like that and like do a really like crazy detailed drawing of that fucking model or whatever the hell it is. Cause it's creepy as shit and it has been haunting my dreams all week. So I totally had a crush on Winona Ryder in that movie when it first came out. Too. Totally had a fucking crush on Winona Ryder since that movie. So <laughs> that doesn't.
1: Yeah. She doesn't really do it for me.
0: I love Winona Ryder. <laughs> nah, I
1: don't really like her. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't think. Uh... I think she's a terrible actress. I'm just going to say it. I think she's a terrible actress in a lot of things.
2: Yeah. She's not. You're not I, I wouldn't wrong. call her the best actress. We're just no. going on sheer like you know te- teenage hormones kind of thing. Saw that, yes, but
0: yeah, yeah. Because we're like she's like around. She's a little bit older than us, I think, right? So she'd yeah, been a couple,
2: couple years, I think.
0: Yeah. So yeah, exactly the right age for us to have had a crush on when we were like twelve or thirteen or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my that was my geek of the week. Are you guys? Uh, we're getting to the meat of the episode in like record time. I'm i
1: uh, record.
0: I'm just, I'm very happy. Thanks. Uh, All right. You don't get to make fun of me for any bad jokes anymore because you made it. That was an interesting pun you just made. What? It was a cheap pun. You just made the cheapest pun possible.
1: You said I it. I said
0: it. You called it out. You shone a lamp on it. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> Unintentional pun for me. Yeah. Either way, do that. we are doing albums this week again. So we are 25 through 20, I guess. Wait, we need to do our sting. I guess the guys need to do a sting. So <laughs> I'm gonna go to the bathroom for half an hour while they do that. And then
1: God. Uh... Oh my god. the episode. Rock and roll me. Could be some pop meat, could be some jazz meat, could be some golf meat, Actually,
0: not too far off. So Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. I like
1: I read your messages. <laughs>
0: Yeah, then you complained about there was them. There was a lot of them. <laughs> and there was a lot.
1: Guys, there was a lot. And I was at work and it was just like blink, 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 blink. And at one point, my phone was buzzing so much and my coworker was just like, Is that your phone? And I was like, No. And luckily, it was someone else's at that moment. But no, it was it's like, my,
2: It's my pocket vibrator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: just keep it in there for emergencies. Yeah, she's a cam girl.
2: yeah. My, my boyfriend is controlling it from his work. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> They have that technology, you know that, right? Yep. We have the technology. <laughs> it's very important technology. Everybody's saying. Tim's got one in his ass right now. Yeah, well, Alicia's out of town. Yes. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was a
0: joke I was trying to make. Alicia's at a conference. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to doing our record list. I have no idea how long this is going to keep going, but uh, we'll, we'll get one more episode out of it at the very least. So we are at 25 through 20. I'm going to start.
1: We already 21. did 20.
0: 20. Right.
1: 21 through 25. Yeah, we don't yeah.
0: want Christy giving us fucking six albums again. Yeah, we don't want Christy getting confused again, which is uh, good because I want to start with Christy because, <laughs> just for warning, Tim and I have exchanged our lists already. And pre-listened. And pre-listened because it re- actually kind of works a little bit better if we've heard the stuff that we're talking about <laughs> ahead of time. I don't know where I found that out. It couldn't have been the other podcast where I realized that that was probably a good idea to do that. <laughs> Whereas Christy likes improv and off the cuff. Exactly, so I'm assuming Chrissy hasn't even written a list and is just going to make it up <laughs> it's I have my list, I have
1: it's gonna it right here I have my list straight right here down <laughs> <of> her <ass>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dance Mix
2: 94 um,
0: <laughs> The only Dance Mix I ever owned actually is that
2: one, is 1994 I had, I had 92 through 95 no. I still have, I can see them from where I'm sitting No, Big Shiny tunes. I owned all of like 1 through 10 But the, Big
1: Shiny tunes. I had Big Shiny that tunes so one, 1 to 3
0: I think People just kept buying them for me. Like and, I could, and Frosh 1 escape and them. People. Frosh, yeah, 1 and 2. I absolutely had those too. Yeah. Um, I discovered a lot of bands off those records, actually. Mm-hmm. And now I'm against compilations. It's interesting. <laughs> Alright, we don't need them anymore. Alright. we don't. We don't we have,
1: Am I starting uh, three, with 25? five? Yeah. I'm working up to 21? Yeah, yeah, starting at 25. Okay. This is a bad start. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I wanted to hear. I'm
1: glad.
2: <laughs> That's what I wanted.
1: Because it's it's kind of, like, we're getting too embarrassing. Christy's going to reveal some of her, like, um, unfortunate music tastes.
2: Is this crying behind a dumpster music? <laughs>
1: yes. <Yeah. laughs> but not, not actually. Because I've already said, like, all my cool ones. Like, if I could repeat Death Cab, and if I could repeat Postal Service. <laughs> they have multiple they have yeah. albums. You can repeat you can all albums. I know, I know, but I already, <laughs> said, two I already said two of them. That's right, you have, actually. I've already Postal said Service plans, only has one album. I've already said Plans and transatlanticism. and I've already used... um i've already used postal service <laughs> like i was looking back and i'm yep. like oh shit! should i put my honorable mention of tarzan in here but i've already talked <laughs> about that so um my number 25 is uh the first country album to appear and it's oh. i'm already there from lone star
2: Oh um, no. i don't even know who yeah that is. i
1: grew up it's okay <laughs> I grew up listening to country. That was the song. That was the most played music in my household. My dad loved country. Second to it was classic rock, but it was country was all the time. And like, it was very close between this and another guy named Phil Vassar, but he's a little lower on the list, but uh, no Lone Star just had some like really, he, they told a lot of stories with their songs and um, they actually have really gorgeous voices and, There was this one really, I think think it's this album that had like really sexy songs on it. And like, oh, yeah, no, Out Go The Lights. I remember listening to it and feeling something one day. It was just like, oh, oh. (laughs) Feeling something? How? Okay. I feel things.
0: What's the album called? Lone Star?
1: I'm so embarrassed. It's called I'm Already There by Lone Star. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know what this beat out, actually? This is funny. It beat out um, M.I.A.'s Kala. (laughs) Because <laughs> totally i, is like, it good?
2: Yeah, I fucking a, love it think that's on Pulp. yeah, yeah. And, and
1: that was, that was a, actually.
0: A, i think that was in Paul. yeah top i top. think it might have been yeah no it's yeah, a it's solid a album
1: it's a solid album but lone star beats it by a little bit i
0: just want to point out i have <laughs> was, the, the i'm on my spotify and i have the the album art for this up they look like the four biggest giantest douchebags that i've ever seen in my entire existence.
1: I'm not going to say they were, like, the best men in the world. <laughs> because <but, like, laughs> the country was notoriously sexist for a long time. The music is, like, it is country. And it came out in, like, the 2000s. And was just, like, that was, like, early 2000s was the, like, country's time for, like, fans. They were just like, this is it. This is our time. And there were so well, many bands, Yeah, like, new, new
0: country. Yeah.
1: Country, like Rascal Flats and uh Colin Ray and, and Kenny Chicks Chesney, like that, yeah. Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Dixie Chicks was almost on here, but um I actually didn't know enough from one of their albums that I was like, eh. I was gonna put on um wide open spaces, but I I didn't know like four of the songs, so I was like, Yeah, it can't be up there. If we're talking about full albums. But yeah, no, Lone Star is uh it is it's very nostalgic. And I still listen to it. And I'm like <laughs> screaming in the car occasionally. And yeah, they do look like douchebags. I'm looking at the album art.
2: Told
1: you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super douchebags. They look like
2: a bunch of fucking yeah, date absolutely. rapists. Is what they oh, look that's
1: like. a terrible thing to no. say. No, they're Actually, just 90s stars. Date
0: rapists is giving them too much credit. They're, they won't even try that. They just pay for something. Root. It's too. Guys,
1: boring. come on. <laughs> anyway, they have some gorgeous voices. All and those country
0: groupies? Come on, man. I'm sure they're doing fine.
2: How. <laughs> What I don't understand is how you're going to do a Lone Star album, but not the Lone Star album that has "Amazed" on it.
1: Um, baby, I'm amazed by you. Yeah, mm, baby, I'm amazed by you. It's because, um, oh wait, no, I, I did I fuck up? Probably. Oh, this this is probably my second. No, I was. I...
2: You said I... I'm already there, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah, on this that's one. Not good. That's a good album. Okay. Was it Crazy Nights that had no? What had um amazing? Is it Lone Star's original album, nineteen
2: ninety five? Uh, no. I uh, you're the you're the Lone yeah, Star fan here, really Christine. Like yeah, what what
1: am I asking uh, you me?
2: Um, uh, no, it it was on Lonely Grill, 1999's Lonely, Lonely. Grill. Lonely
1: Grill was that the oh. album I was thinking of? Shit, no, uh, no, no, I stand by by choice. But amazed is a beautiful song.
0: <laughs> Holy shit, the album's actually called Lonely Grill. These fucking rednecks. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a song. There's a song on. You're welcome, by the way. For this, there is a song on the. Uh, on, I'm already there, and it is called "Like a Good Cowboy." Okay, Mark is laughing Quickly. at me. Fuck off! Quickly,
0: everybody, Google "Let's Be Us Again" by Lone Star, the 2004 album, and tell me they are not trying to just be the fucking in sync or the Backstreet Boys.
1: <laughs> be us again.
0: It is. Let's see. Hysterically, <laughs> the worst album cover I've ever seen. Bye 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 bye. All their albums from 2001 ow, till
2: ow, ow. 2000, oh, like till,
0: till current are all just like boy band covers. Yeah, they were. They
1: were the boy band of country, oh. even though they were all like 35. That makes me <laughs> <40. sighs> Upset. Yeah. You
0: know, I wish <laughs> I didn't have like, is- any integrity, so that I could just be like, I'll go play drums for a shitty country band that will make like lots and lots of money and
1: oh, you'd make it killer. and like
0: whatever. But like, I would just hate myself all the time. Like, I would like literally hate myself the whole day. So can't do it. <sighs>
1: That's why I didn't want to be part of this. <laughs>
0: I was actually I was surprised you didn't you didn't grumble as much as you usually did. I was like, oh, maybe Christy's actually looking forward to doing this episode. No, I.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I put my list together. I was I was you know as planned. All right, thinking about it.
2: Awesome. All right, Tim, so what's your number twenty-five? Uh, my twenty-five number twenty-five is a uh, '90s classic. It's no doubt's Tragic Kingdom.
1: Nice. Yeah,
2: good record good record so like a lot of albums on my list this was just one that was just very different than everything else we were getting at that time uh it was one of the things that helped to spark sort of that ska revival that we got in the late 90s yeah, i still haven't forgiven Gwen stefani for that so <laughs> <laughs> i was into ska and yeah, now we back- were Yep. It was very different to their first two albums, um, but mainly because this was the first one where like Gwen Stefani was doing most of the writing. Uh, I guess her older brother Eric had done most of the writing on the first couple albums, but he quit the band after Tragic Kingdom was recorded. Uh, and fun fact I learned today, he was also an animator on Ren and Stimpy. Mm, cool. Yeah. just fucking love this album. I have so many good memories of it tragic kingdom like itself the name of the album is a reference to disneyland since no doubt it's like an or- orange county anaheim band i love that title track which is the end of the album so i guess i'm starting at the end but it's a great finish to the album and it starts out with the fucking monorail spiel from disneyland which makes the disney parks nerd in me really amazing I, figured, I could i could feel your like i was listening to this album and i could feel tim's boner like yeah, you feel me getting <laughs> up. but 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 on top of that, it has so many fucking amazing singles. Just a girl, spiderwebs, don't speak, Sunday morning are all on this fucking album, and those are all just outstanding yeah, fucking songs. Favorites. Honestly, like don't speak still fucking crushes to this day. Like it don't is still speak. a really oh yeah well put together ballad. What it's what so cool. yeah, well, and it's like emotionally raw like it was i mean it was written about stefani and and tony canal the bass players relationship basically falling apart as like they were in the band and everything and you can fucking see that in the video too yeah Yeah. but i mean they're just so good at writing just catchy as fuck like poppy hooks Mm. it's maybe not as thematically like cohesive as some of my like higher up albums on my list but it does have like some through lines it has a lot of like this uh sort of common scott and punk themes you get like stuff like inclusion and acceptance and like diversity and anti you know anti-discrimination like celebrating individuality that kind of thing but you also get a little bit of like suburban angst out of it they're all very much like california white white folk kind of thing yeah yeah
1: (laughs) it's a solid album
2: no it's a good record I totally went like uh, we were cha- we were chatting about it beforehand,
0: uh, especially Tim and I, because we were really getting into it uh, in our group chat, as Christy can attest to, and probably
1: oh my god,
0: the line how much we were talking this week.
1: I tried to keep up so hard.
0: I went to I went into like total <laughs> side A side B reviewer mode while I was listening to this record. It was just like <laughs> it's too long. It's a really good record, and I have this massive nostalgia to speak for it. I've bought this album twice and lost it to girlfriends both times. Like they just disappeared <laughs> out of my car and that was the end of it. And I don't think I ever replaced it. And why would I have to now in the age of Spotify? But yeah, it's Mm -hmm. one of those albums that like everybody had and everybody was listening to and was all over the radio and you just, Shit ton of radio play, shit load of video play. Yeah, and launched like Gwen Stefani, um, and like that was right around the time when her and uh, Gavin Rossdale hooked up too, wasn't it? like right for that album yeah. and stuff like that. So
2: yeah, they were like the the alt-rock sort of power couple you know, for the late nineties, the alt rock power couple. Yeah, that's absolutely, true. that's true. Um, and I, I'm happy. I'm happy to admit the album's a little bit over long. It does need some trimming. Like I could get rid of like uh, Happy Now, the Climb, and you could do it pretty mm-hmm. easily. Um, and I think it would improve it. Might you know bring it up a couple notches on my yeah. list. I think like it's like fourteen tracks. I think it could come down to like ten or eleven tracks and would be like a, a more solid album overall. That being said, I don't think I don't think any of the songs are particularly bad. Just some are middling in comparison to like the real fucking standouts. Yeah, it's there's a there's a stretch where like
0: Don't Speak is track I wanna say like ten, nine or ten, and then there's yeah. like four tracks after it, and you're just like, who gives a shit about any of this anymore? You could have been <laughs> like, this should have been your second to last track and then done a closer and then get the fuck out of the way because you yeah. killed it right there, but nope. Four fucking songs afterwards, and yeah. all of them pretty average, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I like Tragic Kingdom. I yeah, Tragic, Tragic Kingdom's is pretty good, yeah. Oh, the other the other ones I was like, I don't know what's yeah. going on here, but anyway. Yeah. It, it dies a slow death, let's say. Yeah, definitely. it <laughs> um, definitely does. I, I was just thinking about this today, and this was probably one of the first sort of bits of media overall that started waking me up at like, you know, my mid-teens kind of thing to feminist issues like stuff like uh it's a or just a girl and excuse me Mister and stuff like that i finally started realizing like hey girls get treated differently than guys they have you know to deal with shit like sexism and harassment and that kind of thing and that wasn't something that i'd really paid a lot of attention to before that yeah i did a lot of that for music too it's kind of interesting so yeah musically this album is just fucking tight as hell they're all really talented instrumentalists Tony canal was easily one of the best bass players of the nineties. It's got some really oh, fuck. fucking amazing bass lines that's a on this album. Bold statement, my friend. <laughs> dude, this album
0: has, no, it is, he's good. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to give you shit, but I was just like, that's a, that's a heavy statement to say. Well, so. He was,
2: he was pretty consistently like I subscribed to bass player magazine in the nineties yeah. and he was pretty consistently on the cover. He was, I remember. Cause it always, it was always
0: sat next to modern drummer on the charts or on the, uh, on the yeah. shelf. So it'd always be like, Oh look, the no doubt guy's there again. But I want to, you know i want the danny carey modern drummer that like for this year because he, they get one of him a
2: year so yeah there you go and then i mean gwen stefani's voice probably isn't for everybody but it's really unique like her voice and her like sort of stage and physical presence are both mm. really unique uh like she's got that sort of interesting tremolo to it and then that like california pinup persona image kind of thing i i One hundred percent had a fucking major crush on Gwen Stefani when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. No, you know what? We finally finally found a difference. She did literally (laughs) nothing for me. Like I just did not.
1: Oh, well, there you go.
0: That whole the whole punk and ska thing does not was not my scene at all. So as we'll get into probably a little bit
2: later too, because like that that whole ska thing was just like totally lost on me. (laughs) The album's a little scattered musically. I mean, it is mostly ska and punk, but it also has some tracks that have like. Reggae influence, grunge, alternative, Mm. like a little soul, a little vaudeville, a little jazz. There's even that one weird disco song towards the end of the album. That was, that
0: was, well, which is oddly like kind of like forethought into her pop career kind of going for you. It it sounded like some of the stuff that kind of like filtered to the surface when she became kind of a Gwen Stefani solo artist kind of thing. So,
2: yeah. And to be fair, like they handle all the musical styles pretty well. It just means that it's kind of scattershot as an album. Yeah so it doesn't necessarily cohere as well but i kind of think it reflects like california culture like because california culture is pretty fucking scattershot and it draws from so many different influences and stuff like that so it kind of works for me as a sort of quintessential california album that this album is sort of just this crazy like pastiche or jumble kind of thing yeah and then are we doing first exposures this time You can talk about whatever you want. I didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, honestly, it was probably hearing like just a girl on the radio or on much music or something like that for this one. And then my track recommendation for this, not one of like the big three would probably be Sunday morning. I fucking love that opening like bass riff. The oh right okay yeah 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 absolutely yeah. i love i love 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 that song and uh there's also a really good live version of it out there where they just do like a slow harmonization of those like opening lines like you came into the breeze on sunday morning it's probably on youtube or something mm-hmm. like that so uh, if, you, if you've never heard that and you're a fan of that song i would recommend going and finding that so that's my number 25 nice Nice. nice. These are all very surprising picks so far. Um, <laughs> We're getting into that area where it's sort of yeah. Yeah, starting, to, starting to pull out of left
0: field. Interesting, because I think 25 would be like the one that would surprise people <laughs> if we hadn't talked about it previously. My 25 is uh, The Bones of What You Believe by Churches, who are a Scottish synth pop band, which is as far out of the left field for me as you can probably get. Way out of Mark's yeah, Wheels. I don't even really know where I got this record. Like, I have no idea how I found this. I am assuming. And he'll probably comment when I say this, but I'm assuming Paul gave this to me or recommended it to me or I heard it around him because it's totally something that he would be into. And I just kind of glommed onto for whatever reason, probably because yeah. it's just like extremely catchy and I, whatever. Because that's really honestly all this is to me is just like, it's a super catchy indie pop record. Like Lauren Mayberry's Forest is beautiful and I could listen to her sing all goddamn day. And I'm not sure if she writes the lyrics, but I, like, I've actually been kind of sitting there because of doing side A, side B, especially we, we do a lot of lyrical analysis because Paul's an English major and that kind of nerd. So we end up getting into that kind of stuff. So now I'm looking at that stuff and I'm like, Oh shit, they're actually, whoever's writing the lyrics, which I didn't look at is actually pretty good. So it's just interesting. Cause like, it's not the kind of band that like I would ever <laughs> even remotely interested in. So like, I'm, but I'm totally in, like, I, I loved their second record and I am looking forward to the new one. Um, like the new, they even like collaborated with Matt Beringer from the national on their new album. Mm. So I don't know if you did you see that, Christy? No. Yeah, there's the second to last single was her and Matt Berringer singing together. You should yeah. take a look
1: at that. That's cool.
2: It. Yeah. No, I I was a late comer to churches. Uh I've only gotten into them in the last like year or so. But uh I've I, I love their singles the albums are just end up being a little samey for me. Like they are, they there's, are, there's they're very samey. Um, and that's why it's so far up the list, like
0: into this spot, like, because yeah. it's, but there's just something about it. Like I, I keep going back to this record and I have no, I don't have an actual connection to it. It's only a couple years old. Like it came out in 2013. So it's like, this is probably the most recent album on my list by a couple years, at least. So, yeah. It might be think.
2: the most recent album we've talked about total, because I think previously that might have been Random Access Memories, which was 2012. Yeah. And I can't think of anything else any of us have talked about that's been more recent than that. Diamond because honestly, like it takes a, at least a couple yeah. of years for an album no, no, no. to like get to that status. Yeah. like At least two or three years. Before you've listened to it enough times and really like sunk into it enough, where you're like, yeah, this is definitely up there for
0: me. Yeah, and that's where this album's at with me right now. Like, it's just gotten to the point where, like, if I'm flipping through my phone looking for something to listen to, and I haven't heard churches in a while, I will throw on uh, the Bones of What You Believe and just listen through it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And there are songs on it that I will mm-hmm. skip, probably, but there's like at least three or four that I'm like, these are spectacular songs. The title track uh, or the first track is amazing. Um, Tether and yeah. Gun are both songs that I like highly recommend people go out and look at. I was telling Tim, there's an amazing live performance that they posted to YouTube from Glastonbury or something like that, where she sounds amazing and is obviously having like the time of her life running around the stage, like performing in front of yeah. everybody. So
2: Lauren Mayberry is super cute. I love it. Oh, whenever yeah, like whenever her, uh, her Scottish accent bleeds through into the music, yeah. I'm a sucker for like any uh, UK accent. Yes. And that just, that just like gets me.
0: I didn't even realize like it took me, I listened to the album for probably like six months before I even really give a shit enough to like look up what she looked like and it wasn't until uh the they did a cover of uh arctic monkeys uh it's do i want to know is the song so they, they did a cover of uh do i want to know why the arctic monkeys on uh triple j like in in australia and the video got posted and that, that's when i first saw
2: her and was like oh so she's super hot too so that's kind of i think she's like like a little like pixie tiny kind of girl too tiny. yeah absolutely
0: so yep I don't know. Whatever. I have a little crush on Lauren Weber. Yeah. it's It was here her interview. She's like the sweetest, like Scottish sounding girl. It's really hilarious. So, yeah. That's it. That was, that was my surprise for everybody. Cause I'm sure everybody's gonna be like when they actually listen to it and knowing what I listen to usually. And especially given what like the topic for mo- the rest of this podcast <laughs> and my other podcast this week is like a heavy, 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 heavy band too. So it's going to be uh She's not as uh, as young as I thought either. She's thirty. Yeah, she's, a, she's a eighty-seven baby. She's like almost age appropriate. So I don't, <laughs> I don't feel almost. actually that is age appropriate. But I don't feel guilty for that crush. So it makes me feel <laughs> makes me happy. So there you go. All right, uh, number twenty-four. We'll start back around, to Christy.
1: All right, my number twenty-four is <laughs> this is another one that I'm like embarrassed <laughs> to share? Then they get better. I swear. <laughs> Spice Girls. Spice. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have got nothing, so you guys just talk amongst yourselves. Wait, which one is this? Is this the first
1: or second uh, one? The first. Jerry
2: hallowell was still like peak hot at that point, uh, so I'll take it. I, I, yeah, I had a was... weird obsession with Spice Girls. I will admit that. Do you got Mark? You might remember this, Christy. You probably were too young, but they had Spice Girls gum that had oh. tattoos in it, like temporary tattoos.
1: <laughs> and this, one, this one buddy
2: of mine and me we like we like set out to like uh collect all the tattoos and we would like legit like wear them to class and shit like that like you know the baby spice and shit like that. this is also
0: where tim tells his sister right about how he did not even remotely see a naked girl until like well into university
2: so. <laughs> yeah, it was it was late high school <laughs> it With-
1: was Late high school. I was in a
2: band too,
0: and still. I'm right there with you, buddy. I feel that yeah. pain. I'm right there with you.
1: <laughs> I didn't see a naked boy until well, well, we have the internet.
0: So I man, never mind, Nana can't listen to this about episode. About yeah,
2: out.
1: nope sorry, Nana. It's <laughs>
2: already an anti-Nana episode. <laughs> well, you made a rock salt dildo um, rape joke earlier, <laughs> so I mean, like, I think we were all <laughs> yeah. well past Nana mode. You know what I mean?
0: So
1: <laughs> I had. a Nana. I had a couple people tonight at the show ask me, because I said, I have to run, guys. I have the podcast. And they were like, what exactly is your podcast? And I was like, ah. Uh...
2: <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got to go.
1: And they were like, can we listen to it? I was like, no. Of,
0: <laughs> right of all I people hate. to not tell about it, why would you not tell your comedian the friends? Them- your comedian friends would enjoy I know. the show. I told
1: them the name. God
0: damn, Christy.
1: I told them Good. the name. Thank you. I told them the name.
0: Wow. My life. <laughs> <sighs> Just, like we someone like it, some, okay. we would, if someone
2: described okay. somebody if somebody
0: actually here's listened to this, I'd never be able to get another job ever. But I still <laughs> fucking share this with everybody. So
1: I know, but here's the thing: someone described it perfectly tonight. My friend Adriana, she was like, "You have to understand, the podcast is Christy After Dark, <laughs> <laughs> and like, not Christy doesn't want everybody to know Christy After Dark. That's fair, <laughs> and
0: that's why we like having you on the show because we get to make rock salt yeah, jokes, and Christy, then Christy laughs Dark. at them. So.
1: <laughs> but I wouldn't do that in regular no. everyday. Well, you would laugh.
0: No, you just you laugh inside. You'd laugh inside exactly.
1: Or I'd like admonish whoever was doing it. Be like, who the fuck do you think you are?
0: <laughs> and then she'd show <laughs> up with a podcast night anyway, and I'd be like, "I heard this awesome joke. Here, I'm going to tell it to you in detail <laughs> on the podcast."
1: Right. Had rock, rock salt in your anyway, flesh.
0: and it would hurt and
2: tear. That was enough. That's enough. <laughs> okay. And who do you think you are is actually one of the singles off this album. Yeah.
1: Who do you think you are? <laughs> I like that you know what the oh. with this, on this record are,
2: <laughs> yeah. Tim. This is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I got it up on. Yo, I got Tim, it up we're on in this video. Video. What is it? You guys, like, talk. work, work it, make it, do it, break it. Who do you think you are? No, I think that's. Yeah, I think I'm so mashing good. up there.
1: Show me how good you are, and then they go swing, <laughs> take, move, make. It's so good. Oh man, I I think well I first got exposed to this because my sister listened to it, and um, I actually was not into the Spice Girls at first. I was like, "This sucks." Where's Lone Star? um... (laughs) 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 All right, but my except this was before Lone Star. I know I'm just teasing. (laughs) Where's Colin Ray? Yeah, and then a bunch of the girls at school who were cool were always talking about the Spice Girls, and so I finally just like took a risk and listened and actually really enjoyed it. And then I like loved Spice World. I loved that Meatloaf was in it because I recognized him from Rocky <laughs> Horror and was just like, Yeah. Wait, so- you saw
2: Rocky Horror when you were like before so wait. Yeah. You would you would have been nine when
0: Spice yeah, can that's out. right. Cause like I was thinking but I, you but were our age, and I'm like, we were like fifteen or sixteen, but no, you were much
2: younger. When
1: then. did Spice World come out? 99. though like the movie. No, kind of Spice the World movie. would have been
2: like ninety-seven or ninety-eight, but still, so you yeah. you saw Rocky Horror like before you hit your teens?
1: Certain scenes. My dad let me see certain <laughs> scenes. Like he okay. wanted me to know who Meatloaf was, so he showed me because he loved Meatloaf. Yeah. So I got to watch that. I didn't get to see the whole movie until I was like thirteen or fourteen. And at that point, I was kind of like, I was kind of over it. I was like, hmm, this is bad after Time Warp. (laughs) um, That's also me being, you know, totally egotistical about movies. But anyway, um, (laughs) it is a cult classic. We're not talking about Rocky Horror. So, uh, yeah, but I just, I fell in love with them. And I loved how sassy they were and how they could get away with anything. And I'm trying to think, like, if I had to pick a, a song off the album, there's so many good ones on this.
0: I don't think that's true.
2: Actually, <laughs> sorry.
1: I think it's got to be wanna be.
2: No, I mean wanna be and say will be there is They'll a pretty fucking solid song I'm
1: too. I'm giving you everything, all that joy can bring. is I swear. I feel like I'm taking
0: crazy pills right now.
1: Yes, I swear. And all that I want <laughs> of you is a promise <laughs> you will be there. Say you will, be, will there. be there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is one that i probably listened to more than i would have otherwise because my sister was super into spice girls but i'm I not gonna say movie. i didn't enjoy it
1: i love it i'm so happy
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't own this album or anything i'll say that but uh, i actually, I'm actually pretty i don't own sure, either pretty sure i got most of these songs in my itunes or well at least, like the singles in my itunes be
1: near 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 <laughs> It's yeah, so and funny.
2: that video where, like, they were all out in the desert, and it was like a, like, oh Charlie's God. Angels kind of situation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So you can appreciate them for the good, the sexiness.
0: That was Spice Girls, like,
1: yeah.
0: only contribution to society to me was just, like, being super hot, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hilarious.
0: And, again, with the English accent, so I was just that much more interested for some reason, so. And yeah. and it
2: introduced zig-a-zig-ah into the dialect. And a that's sentence true. that I've literally that's never true. said out loud, so that's great. I'm happy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've said it a million times. It's, yeah, cool.
2: it's a very common phrase. Um, you're all the time. Yep.
1: Mostly, though, I, I tend to, if I'm going to make those sounds with my mouth, I tend to do them in the Ferris Bueller style. Bom, bom. Chica.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> bom, bom.
2: I never tied that together. Maybe wannabe is ultimately a <laughs> a cover of that song, which I oh,
1: man, we used to it know out. what
2: it was called. Yeah, so did I. I can't oh, remember what it's called anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it is just called Oh Yeah, isn't it? I think it is yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I just don't remember who yeah, sings it, it now. So.
2: Oh yeah.
1: But, yeah. but you have to admit, though, To Become One, that was a sexy song.
2: <laughs> that was some fucking baby-making music. That was I some mid-90s baby-making music. Like like I never
1: needed love before Wanna make love to your baby I had a little love now I'm back home, I wanna apparently, make a Apparently, two Become
2: One" was omitted from the Hong Kong version of the album. I guess it was too sexy <laughs> for Hong Kong.
0: Set your spirit free. Describe the video for me <laughs> so that I'll remember this.
2: That's the only way I'm gonna remember it. Tra- it's it's straight up like a fuck, mu- like fuck music video. Like they're all in like satin sheets and like rose petals and yeah. like soft lighting and candles and... Well, YouTube it is. You guys can keep talking about Spice Girls. All you want. We
1: can achieve it. We it will, I'm gonna
2: it keep will not be hard to fap to, Mark. It's solid.
1: Yeah, gross. <laughs> but yes, so that is that. Hilarious. <laughs> um, Mark, that's, Mark's that's busy my, now. Mark, Mark's turn. Don't... Ew, gross. <laughs> I remember this video.
2: Absolutely. Alright, Tim. <laughs> What's your number 24? Rose. My number 24, another 90s album. Uh, Actually, not quite the same year as my last one. One year after. It is Odelay by Beck. Nice.
1: So good. Good record.
2: Yeah. Fucking beautiful. Beautiful ass record is the one that really just solidified Beck as like not just, you know, one hit wonder with loser, uh, but that he could, you know, that he could actually uh, do some really, really cool shit full-on do feel bad about liking Beck's music because he's a fucking crazy-ass Scientologist. I am exactly the same boat oh, as you, my Oh, is he really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's right up to he's that. He's a Scientologist?
1: Yeah. Right. God damn it. And it <laughs>
2: disappoints me so hard, but the music is so fucking good that I can't, can't ignore it. And I'm, there's going to be a, probably at least one more of his album in my top 50. There might even be two more of his albums in my top 50 as well. Guerrero's on my list.
1: Somewhere. Super bummed yeah. me out. Uh, phenomenal,
0: me and out. I fucking love Midnight Vultures, too. Yeah, yeah, Midnight Vultures, also a little bit lower on my list, yeah. but yeah, it's in there, too. Odellay's on my list, too. Uh, it's one of those records, like, I mean, it's, it's one of those records, again, it's fucking everywhere. Like, you could not escape yeah. that album. If you were a music fan in 1996, like, you owned Odelay. and... If you're yeah. me, you probably owned a tape and a goddamn CD of it because, like, yeah. it was everywhere. And both, so.
2: and both Tragic Kingdom and this had pretty fucking iconic album covers to go along with that '90s sort of aesthetic. Uh, the album is just fucking weird ass, frenetic, schizophrenic, like freak folk and cracked pop, and total. Again, one of those albums just totally out of left field compared to what the mainstream was at the time. Both. Like an alternative because, uh, like, this was still, we were still like coming down from grunge and stuff like that, and people were getting more mm-hmm. into like the alt pop. Yeah. And, but here's this fucking weird ass album that came in and just was like, hey, there's other shit out there too. I mean, who knows what the fuck Beck is ever like singing or talk singing or rapping about, but yeah, it always feels like word salad. Like his lyrics don't really actually mean anything to me, but. And it, and it does, but the sound and the samples and the lyrics are still always sort of evocative of an overall like mood or tone. Um, in this case, I think it's like a fucking desert roadhouse on acid. Yes. That's a good image. Actually. You're right. (laughs) I mean, ultimately it's one of those albums. I I don't, I can't say too much about it because it really just fucking defies description. Uh, It's just really creative. It's really interesting. It's incredibly unique. It can be a little challenging at a couple points and a little inaccessible at a couple points, but I don't mind music that's a little challenging sometimes. I mean, the fucking like singles that came off it or the uh, just overall tracks that came off it, you have Where It's At, which is a classic, New Pollution, Devil's Haircut, Jackass novocaine sissy neck are all fucking great great songs all all
0: songs that you would hear uh either on kingdom night or like after kingdom night on the edge like as you're bombing around in the middle they're just like oh we're gonna play (laughs) this is when they played the weird stuff right so it'd be like we can't play back during fucking like regular drive time hours because this shit's fucking crazy so it's gonna be like (laughs) (laughs) nine inch nails Back and then Tool or like Set or something like that. And then New Year's Day. By I mean, me yeah, too. Like like, MSI or some shit. Yeah, or... like weird trip hop. It was when playing Sneaker Pimps at night and stuff like that on the Edge, right? Yeah. Because they couldn't play it during the day, but they were all fans of it. So that stuff started popping up in the middle of the night. And then you got assholes like me being like, well, I like that stuff. So I'm going to stay up late and listen to the radio, even though
2: I own the CDs because yeah. I'm an idiot and whatever. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but another album that uh, also spawned some really epic fucking music videos too. Uh-huh uh that that just i I remember very vivid that, that this haircut day. video was like
0: constantly on, like I remember it being, yeah, I, I almost got sick of that song at one point because it was on so fucking much, so
2: yeah, and it had like that uh sort of uh pulpy like uh exploitation yeah, movie aesthetic like kind movie of thing. aesthetic. yeah, yeah, you know. my first exposure again is probably gonna be much music on this. It was probably like where it's at yeah. uh that video, and then my song recommendation. I probably do have to go with where it's at just because it's such a classic, but I have like jackass would be my dark horse pick. I really love that song too. Nice. nice. But yeah. yeah, said hard, hard music, hard album to really like say too much about just because it's like, you just have to fucking listen to it. Yeah. You can't really just it speak for itself.
0: Too, right. Like you can't even really, yeah. like, what kind of music is it's like, uh, Yeah. Schizophrenic would probably be the best way to define it. So. Yeah,
2: and unlike a lot of the music that we talk about, where it's like just technically really fucking good, this isn't necessarily like technically amazing. It's produced pretty well, yeah. but it's more just really creative and and interesting more than anything.
0: Yeah.
2: So can okay, yeah. you
0: stop watching Spice Girls videos? I think because I am distracted. <laughs> I did watch that video you guys were talking about. That is that's pretty hot. Oh, well.
2: When to become one.
0: My number 24 Oh boy I was not expecting <laughs> Spice Girls to pop up on anybody's list So
1: You're welcome
0: you,
1: You're not going to like the next one That's, either
0: <laughs> uh, My number 24 is uh, The Downward Spiral" by Nine Inch Nails So I think this is kind of like The last big 90s <laughs> That's a left turn. Yeah, like it's, it, exactly like From where we were,
2: actually not too far not off so from, how,
0: from Beck, from Beck. Yeah. Probably a lot of fans in common. There's some
2: industrial feel.
0: Yeah, yep. probably some fans in common right there. Yeah, there are other albums by artists that I mentioned, but this is the last heavyweight, probably, like, 90s band that I'm really into that isn't, like, a Smashing Pumpkins that I hate or something like that. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but first of all, like, it's a production masterpiece. Like, the level of intricacy and, like, foresight Trent put into this record is just, like, I don't even know how you start thinking in that way. Like, it's so especially then like putting the way they were putting sound together and stuff like that. If you ever, there's a book, Alan Cross wrote a book about the making of downward spiral that kind of gets into some of the nitty gritty of the production of like how Trent and flood and whoever else worked on this album, like put the, put the samples and then started building the songs together. And it's just like, it sounds so tiring mm-hmm. and monotonous that I'm just like, well, why would you even bother doing it that <laughs> way? But like, you can't really argue with the end result at the end of the day. Cause the album is just, fucking spent like spectacularly good on the other side like you can still say a ton of shit about Trent like his lyrics are at best angry high school poetry and have remained that way up until like hesitation marks in 2011 like it never got any better and it's pretty fucking cringy in spots on this record so (laughs) yeah but and like his vocals aren't the most technically proficient but like you still he still manages to get across every little bit of rage and sorrow that he's trying to like express on these 14 tracks and he does a really fucking good job mm-hmm. of it because The Nightmare Spiral is just one of those records that, like, I don't even know. Like, it bleeds atmosphere. It's a dark, yeah, it angry, ma- griefy album kind
2: yeah. of thing. So, Exactly. Dark, it makes- angry, and greasy. <laughs> it just, it makes you feel something. Uh, like, Mark and I were going back and forth today in our chat saying like i need to stop listening to this album while i'm working because all it makes me want to do is like set things on fire and fuck the system yeah it's, thing. A, it's an
0: angry like angry album and like it was between this and i was like I, it was gonna be an angry album either way because it was between this and evil empire by rage against the machine which will end up in my next oh, one which nice. is also an extremely loud angry album so um mm-hmm. not that there's any shortage of that in my list to be fair but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I, I love this album. Like, I've had, like, I, I bought it when it came out. It was one of those, I think I caught on, it was probably that the Woodstock 94 performance that everybody mm-hmm. heard about, and, like, they showed it on Much Music a million times, and they were just caked in mud, and more or less started a fight with the crowd in the middle of the fucking concert, and, like, the the Nine Inch Nails live shows have always been extremely intense, but, like, the the intensity at that particular show or during this, like, the Downward Spiral tour was just, like, at an insane level, and like they were destroying shit on stage and all that kind of stuff. Just an angry album kind of thing. It gets a lot of what's the word I'm looking for? Yep, I blanked. Totally <laughs> no, blanked. No. Holy shit. Why is my brain just not working? I didn't even smoke anything yet. I hate this. Anyway, <laughs> like if you got anything, go, go nuts. I'm, I'm lost. I've lost my, lost my train of thought <laughs> completely here.
2: I mean, I, I appreciate Nine Inch Nails. They've never been like straight up okay. my alley, they've always been more of a singles band for me uh or you know they sort of like a, that hits. for a long time so like it, it took a while for me to kind of really get into them like i never
0: i bought downward spiral and enjoyed it but then like when the fragile came out i was like there's way too much here yeah and i kind of like lost touch with them a little bit it was more it was probably later like in the year zero era when they started coming back around that i was really actively going to concerts and like back into the scene and stuff like that when i got really into nine inch nails mm-hmm. so like backwards i have a kind of fondness for this album but it was just it was everywhere and everybody had it and yeah oh it was i love it like i loved it like i loved it then and i now i'm listening back to it i'm like it still holds up to me which is maybe not the healthiest thing to (laughs) say as somebody approaching 40 and still relating to trent Reznor in 1994 but anyway if i was going to recommend a track i like it's almost like hurt i guess is pretty much so like the song it's so fucking good um, March of the Pigs, though, if you want something that's like on that heavier, if you want the contrast of the album, I think going from March of the Pigs to Hurt would be an interesting way of showing <laughs> yourself that because one is, <laughs> it's it would definitely be Whiplash.
2: <laughs> yeah, this this one is, however, one that uh, I know is on Alicia's top five albums. Uh, when we first started doing this album series, uh, Alicia sat down and and fig- like just for fun was like, I "Wonder what mine would be." And this was one of the ones that ended up on her top five. So it's actually one of the ones I got her for Christmas <laughs> this past year. I think I got as many of her like top five albums that I actually could acquire on vinyl for.
1: That's a sweet present.
2: And well, she did. Yeah. The only reason I had, or I had that idea was because she'd done it for me a few years earlier. Uh, That's nice. She because like not before the podcast like. You know, I would just be we'd just be driving around or whatever and be like, Yeah, this is definitely on like my top ten albums or whatever. So she got me like the two, you know, first two Weezer albums and like yeah. Arcade Fire and I think a couple of the Week of albums and stuff like that. No okay K Computer. So Yeah.
1: That's good wifing.
2: Yeah, it was. She's a good gift giver.
1: Nice. Awesome.
2: Yeah, that's that's it. I've got I think
0: they just reissued this stuff, all of his stuff on vinyl. Yeah. So I've, I've got an order on in with inchnails.com waiting for a bunch of shit to kind of like get packaged <laughs> up and sent out. Because, yeah, whenever he reissues vinyl, it's it's remastered and reissued this year. So like 180 gram uh, audio file vinyl. So I was like, yeah, I can spend that $40. I'm fine with that, especially <laughs> for this record. Like, absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, for this
0: they one. got me. Yeah. 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 Absolutely got me. Between this and, like, when I... I'm, I'm more of a fan of The Fragile now than I was, so I ordered that. Like, I've got them all, but, like, I ordered that one, too, from them, like, in the remastered editions. I was just like, mm. yeah, I'm going to take that $100 hit for those two albums, because Worth not? it. Absolutely. All right. Number 23. <laughs> Christy. Here we um, go. This going to be Mood Whiplash, right? We're going to be, like, industrial, <laughs> like, angry industrial rock to Christy's pick?
1: Aqua. Aquarium. Oh, Jesus.
2: Well, you and Paul are friends. I'm going
1: to go to the bathroom.
2: <laughs> Mark, Mark, you might as well just go because Mark's not going to have anything to say about this, anyways. Christy,
1: did he leave?
2: he, he went to the bathroom, so you might, you might, you might as well just go because, like, he's not. All you're going to hear from him is just. Out. All you're going to hear from him is just disappointed sighs, anyways. <laughs>
1: he genuinely just peaced out. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, come on though. You got to admit that's a fun album.
2: I don't know about album, it had a couple fun songs on it.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was I well, I also grew up like in particularly in the late 90s, right? Like Yeah. I was a baby until, you know, 95. So like for me, I was just like, yes, Aqua. I that was my first tape ever. <laughs> like, next to um hansen and the uh 10 year anniversary soundtrack for les Mis. <laughs> but like oh come on it's got so many good songs like happy boys and happy girls to start off what a great like way to just like make you dance we got the happy boys and girls and then like barbie girl obviously was huge dr jones yeah and then oh do you remember like Roses are red and lilacs are blue. I, no, I only Hobby remember. Sweet but not as sweet as the you. only ones I
2: think I really remember off this album are Barbie Girl, Dr. Jones, and I think I kind of remember Lollipop.
1: Oh, yeah. But no, there's this one part in um uh Roses Are Red that I constantly sing still as an adult. I'm just like. It's so catchy, <laughs> it's so fun oh mark's back
0: <laughs> you guys still talking about prozac or whatever
1: <laughs> no it's aqua how dare you
0: same shit it's all garbage.
1: <laughs> but like it, paul, paul, and, i remember
0: I all paul had this album and like played the shit yeah, my out sister of it, did so. too yes oh my god yes because we're younger yes
1: and it's it's <sighs> I'm so, so disappointed fun. right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun sure. like it's not it's not like you know classic was cute. i'll give her that yeah yeah. Like another one that I'll talk about on my next playlist, or I guess our next album one is like Eagles Hotel California. Like I love oh, that album. Fuck, I that. Oh, I
2: love that fucking song. That's classic. Oh. And it's technically. And a also standing, that album too. is great. Those guitar solos on that fucking song just scream.
1: Oh, they're amazing. But Yeah,
2: we're gonna get into it in your next if one. You, so if worried.
1: you ask me like what I really love. Like it's gonna, it's Aqua is up there. Like it's, it's memorable and it's fun. I just looked at my, my um next two, and this is just like nineties <laughs> heavy, it's, like, redonculous going on right now. <laughs> like it's so silly. The next two, I feel like you'll be less like fuck off, Christy. With aqua. <laughs> um, the, come on, you gotta admit, Aqua was a like Aquarium in particular was a fun listen. Like, you had a good time listening to that album. Well, remember the kind
0: of stuff that I like, and like, remember what I consider a good time? And no, I was not having a good time when I listened
1: see, to that, that album. that's the uh, kind of music that, like, you're dancing around your, like, apartment to, and you're just like, yeah! Back to the 90s! Yes, yeah, but this I'm
0: is like, the kind hey, of, so that's, so that's you, the kind of music where when, where when people are, like, doing that and dancing around and having a good time to this kind of stuff, I'm looking at them, like, kind of hoping that they'll burst into flames as it's happening, so that the oh, song will stop. Because he- I hate this, I hate it. <laughs>
1: I so much. Yeah, no, so I much. Um, I I love it. I think it's so fun. It's just fun, and I think sometimes there's just there's room for just having fun when you listen to music.
2: There is, I agree. You guys are well, both say you, that. You guys are both wrong. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, a...
1: Yeah.
0: So, Aqua. That's um, is your next one
1: Prozac? Is your next one Prozac? No, I'm dun, not going
2: to Do that what's your number 22? Alright, we're going to have Whiplash again here because I'm taking this back 20 plus years before Aqua ever existed to 1973 and an undoubted classic album Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon.
1: Oh,
0: nice pick. Good
2: call, yeah. It's a good record. Not my favorite, but good call. <laughs> I, I fucking love this album. I, it's an absolute classic. I sort of came to this realization as, re, as I was re-listening to this earlier this week and I was like, Pink Floyd was basically like the radio head of our parents' generation. Mm, and this true. and this album was their like okay computer. Like it played on all those same sort of fears and or the sort of parallel fears and issues of like disillusionment and disenchantment with modern society and stuff like that. And it was also just in both cases like fucking revolutionary. Like nobody, nobody knew what to make out of it. It was totally out of left field. It was totally different kind of thing.
1: That's a good point that's very true
2: so yeah but i i personally had the great pleasure last year and i think i mentioned this on a podcast of listening to this album during the eclipse that alicia and i went and saw so i had it playing like on on my ipod and on our little speakers uh as it was uh as the fucking like moon was going in front of the sun which was really really cool
1: i'm still surprised that you didn't play total eclipse of the heart that seems way more cool
2: (laughs) I'm I'm sure there were people that were doing Turn that, too. <laughs> but Dark Side of the Moon is a pretty early example of, like, maybe one of the earliest of, like, a front-to-back, like, concept album, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, like, it's, it's a classic, right, from those, like, opening heartbeats of Speak to Me to, like, the closing notes of Eclipse, and then you get those heartbeats coming back, which sort of implies that the whole album is kind of cyclical as well. And I think that this could probably be cited as like a spiritual predecessor or granddaddy to like more or less all the prog rock that came like in the next 20 years after
1: prog rock? Oh, progressive Progressive. well, anything,
2: yeah, progressive yeah, Yeah. so anything like Rush well, Rush was already on,
0: so I mean eh. yeah, but at the same time, like huge influence on stuff like King Crimson and bands like that that would eventually go on to influence like dream like theater and like theater and like eventually like you'll move into like modern G- stuff and jam bands like, and stuff like that and gym? yeah yeah there's definitely some influence like from Pink Floyd to like like a fish, fish or yeah. a Dave Matthews yeah. band or something like that or grateful even grateful dead probably like that long form kind of yeah. album It's definitely something they glommed on to.
2: Yeah, because I mean, just in terms of like track length, like you've got tracks ranging up to like seven, eight minutes on this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that for me, me, don't feel like over long, like, you know, it's not like they're long and drawn out, like they feel like they need to be that long. You know, they're they're doing interesting things the whole way. I mean, it's the... Music itself is like almost symphonic in quality. Like everything sort of feels like a movement of a larger piece. The tracks sort of blend into each other, which wasn't pretty, wasn't very common in the early fucking seventies. The sort of thematic lyrical themes sort of weave throughout it, like stuff like greed and conflict and passage of time and mental illness. Like this is almost an existentialist album in its subject matter, like playing on sort of just the suffering of existence and being. Musically, it it changes back and forth between time signatures. There's like money is seven, eight switches into six, eight and stuff like that. So it plays around yeah. with that, which wasn't really common at the time, plays with some pretty cool instrumentations and recording tricks and stuff like that. But they don't feel gimmicky. They feel like they're in service of the album. And influence a lot of
0: recording techniques going forward too. like uh, the way this was produced, like between like Roger Waters being a little insane in terms of like how he wants stuff put together and who actually produced this record. Cause he's like,
2: uh, uh good uh, question. Uh, uh, produced by, oh, it doesn't have it in the Quick little notes there. Yeah. It's not in the uh, Wikipedia up front. No, Alan Parsons engineered it, but yeah, it just has a lot of really cool sort of little production stuff that was really revolutionary at the time uh, stuff like, you know, use the use of synthesizers, like tape loops. It also really plays with the stereo space as well. So this is a great yeah. fucking album for headphones. for headphones. Yeah. Yeah. You get, um, or like even a surround system or something like that. Like you get certain sounds like moving around you, that kind of I- thing. Is there not a five point one mix of this record? I know there is. I'd be surprised uh, if there wasn't. I don't have it, but I think there is a, one of the wall. I
0: know for sure there is one of the wall because I like I have the five point one like the DVD yeah. of it, but I don't know about this one. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious because like five point one mixes are they're rare, but they're interesting. Like I know I have a five point one mix of Downward Spiral that you have to kind of like experience to really understand how different like the space is that you're yeah. existing in. So I can imagine that like Dark Side of the Moon would be like kind of cool to sit through in 5.1
2: yeah like i even just listened to it um i listened to it last night on my home theater system uh which is 5.1 and i just listened to the stereo but i upmixed it and even there like you're still getting more than just stereo going on kind of thing yeah there is a sacd uh
0: version of it that is 5.1 so you can get it in 5.1 it's
2: cool but yeah I mean the fucking track list is just outstanding I mean you've got just timeless songs like money and time on it and uh it builds to a really beautiful crescendo with the last two tracks with brain damage and eclipse are just beautiful overall it's just it is just a beautiful album it's sort of like chill and haunting it's one of those albums I can just put on and kind of like melt away into sort of thing and I can't finish up without uh mentioning the fucking again iconic album cover like that album cover is just part of the zeitgeist now.
0: Yeah, the the prism is absolutely just yeah. like one of those things that you see everywhere and everybody knows what it is, right? Well, yeah. I hope I literally hope everybody knows what it is, but
2: <laughs> yeah. As an aside, I'm starting to realize having gone, you know, having done like 20 or 5 episodes of this now that a lot of, based on some of my album picks, it might be assumed that I smoke a fuck ton of weed. Yeah. <laughs> not that i have a problem with people to do it, but i don't really so just <laughs> throw that Yeah, your,
0: your 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 picks are much more stonery than mine are
2: <laughs> yeah is, that's true
0: because i am by far the bigger stoner of the two of us now oh, Yeah. and i my my albums are not are still not like yeah they haven't shifted that much like into like oh stonery stuff with the exception of like like the tool and the deftones which has always kind of been there but mm. and that was before i started smoking weed again so i don't know it's weird but yeah you do listen to a lot of stuff that is like huh yeah that's yep. uh, that's, some, that's some pothead
2: shit right i mean there I, I i definitely hung out with uh, a fair amount of stoners in my day the, so. the burnout crowd yeah well, right, yeah
1: the burnout crowd
2: my first hey, ex- i'm one of them
0: <laughs> so whatever right
2: my uh my first exposure on dark side of the moon was probably around like grade nine or ten when i started like really getting into classic rock this is when mm. i started like playing in a band i was like at the same time getting into like zeppelin and floyd and the who and like rolling stones and guess who and all that sort of stuff together and in terms of my recommended track uh i mean i i could go with one of the like you know real standouts but i think my favorite track on the album is probably us and them really uh yeah and i don't i I don't really have a great idea why it's just a really pretty song that i always love to listen to
0: I wouldn't it actually. It stood out. Um, I was listening to this last night or yesterday. I can't remember when I listened to this, but I did listen to it recently. Um, after Tim sent it to me, yeah. and that was the song that actually stood out to me. I was like, "Oh, I really like that one." Because I'm well, not. It's
2: not overplayed,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not something you hear constantly, and I'm not a yeah. big. I, I I have a like a love hate relationship with Pink Floyd. Like I think some of their stuff's just like. Monumentally fucking spectacularly good, and then some of it I'm just like well, whatever, like I can totally take or leave. Like this album and like the wall, and um, which one's comfortably numb on? Uh, oh, I don't know. I was gonna say shining you crazy diamonds, but that's that. Cool. Yeah, animals too is a really good record, but like yeah. they've got some albums that are amazing, and then a bunch of them like that one in 1994. It was fucking that was horrifying
2: yeah no some of their later stuff is not fantastic
0: but like there there's a period like where you're kind of right in the middle of it with dark side of the moon where like they were a really fucking good band so yeah um but yeah they're, they're never one of my favorites but i do like this album quite a bit so yeah. mm. and i was when i was listening to it through it again i was like oh there's a lot of the stuff that i like uh has taken a lot i've stolen a lot a lot from yeah Pink floyd so like uh, they're very influential
1: yeah they like Changed a lot of how people perceived what like rock could be.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was crazy. So good album, yeah. good pull, good pull, yep. Tim. Good pull. <laughs> Thank you. I don't remember what number we're on here. Hold on, 20. we are at number twenty-three, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. number my number twenty-three, Um and I just noticed I only have one album from the nineties, which for me yeah. <laughs> is That's so strange, shocking because this one's from nineteen eighty-nine. So. My next one is Pixies' Doolittle, mm. beautiful, which is uh, an amazing album. So I, t- I, I like, I'm embarrassed to say it took me on a long, a long, long time to get into the Pixies. It was not something that like immediately because like they were gone by the time I got into music yeah. kind of thing. They'd broken up in 1993.
1: That's
2: fair.
0: But everybody was always talking about them though throughout that whole era because everybody's like yeah Pixies that's why we're doing this yeah Pixies that's why we're doing this like everybody was talking about the Pixies it took me a long time to finally go over and like listen to them but mm-hmm. I did catch into it and like when I finally got to do little holy shit this album <laughs> is like alternative pop perfection like it is so well put together. You could argue, like, I know there's probably some argument to be had between this and Surfer Rosa. And, but like, really that's about as good a one, two punch of albums as you're going to get in alternative rock probably ever. Like, I can't think of anybody who hit that hard twice in a row.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I fucking, I mean, I love the singles off this album. Pixies again, have never been an album band for me. Um, that's so just-
0: surprising to me too, because like you're such a Weezer fan, and like it is true. you're so surf rocky and stuff like that, they are right
2: up your alley. Like you love the Pixies, if you really. This, took the- I do. I fucking love the Pixies, but this is an overlong album for me. Like this is an album that's 15 tracks long. I think it could lose two or three. it's uh, 38 minutes long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're all two minutes Amazing. long, except for
1: two tracks. <laughs> it's too long.
2: Yeah, it's
0: too long, and none of the songs are longer than two, like three minutes. I don't what? think. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not no, saying you're right.
2: Yeah, I'm saying just you know there are a couple of songs like that uh, that just don't do much for me, and I'd be like, okay, I could, I think this would be a tighter album without those couple songs. That being said, I mean, the fucking track list is outstanding overall.
0: Yeah, it's the ridiculous track list. Like it's, it's yeah. almost, like it, it is almost like their greatest hits, except for it doesn't have like where's my mind i think is is on surfer rosa yep, so, that was our
2: recessional at our wedding
0: yeah exactly which is still awesome and <laughs> kind of weird all at the same time so <laughs> yeah but like yeah so like i said it took me a while to get into the pixies um i got there uh eventually and hot damn they're still like they're still such a good band and their pre-breakup output oh. is pretty like is like just staggeringly good like those four or five albums that they put out before 1993 mm-hmm. when they broke up is just like It influenced everybody. Like it's, it's insane to hear how much everybody was listening to the Pixies and nobody knew who they were except for the musicians. Like they're, they almost feel like a, uh, like a velvet underground kind of band where it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. 14 people heard them, but all 14 of those people started a band. Went off
2: and did amazing things. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so like the Pixies were just like one of those bands and they got their due eventually and they got back together and like did an amazing reunion tour. And I guess they're still together. They put an EP I out last saw year. That that was,
2: Coachella, the first time that they yeah,
0: reunited, two thousand four, because Kim was still around. Because Paul and I saw saw them up here too. Yeah, they were they were amazing. That was like one of the best shows I've ever been to. Was seeing them get mm-hmm. back together. So good.
2: This is another example where they're not particularly like outstandingly technical musicians or anything like that. They're just fucking good songwriters. Well, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I
1: think
0: I think that's. <sighs> I don't think Kim Deal and Frank Black are particularly technically great. At what they do especially back then but i yeah. think joey santiago and uh their drummer david lovering are both excellent musicians and kind of bolstered the band until frank black got to that level because it took him a little while to kind of get there and i think his solo career in the like breakup period kind of helped him a lot too so when he got back yeah. together he was way better at a, as a instrumentalist than he had ever been while he was part of the pixies and you could kind of hear it when he's playing cause he's way better than he was. And you can see him kind of bracing against how dumb he kind of was when he was writing this <laughs> stuff initially. Cause like, you can see him wanting to be better at it kind of thing, but being like, no, I'm just, I got to play this dumb chord that I made up when I was yeah. 19,
2: like,
0: whatever. Like, so, but anyway, I don't know. I think it's great. Like I, I, I totally disagree that it's too long. I think it's a fantastic, <laughs> like it's, all the songs are two minutes. It's all breakneck pace. Like you're just like in and out so fast with, with everything except for like two songs. Um, nothing overstays this welcome to me. Everything kicks you in the face with a hook or a riff or a weird yelp that Frank Black gets out or whatever. <laughs>
2: that much is true. Yeah.
0: There's a reason they inspired everyone, right? Like everyone, every alternative rock band from Nirvana going forward. And that's because they were amazing. And like all of their albums were just like master classes and how to write, perform and produce amazing quasi literate alternative rock, which is really cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, this is a through line. I'm totally here for like that through line that goes like surf rock to like Pixies to Dude. like Nirvana alt rock and, and alt pop and yeah, Weezer yeah. and yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, like, I, I, I follow that
0: line a little into the heavier, punkier side of things a little bit, like into the Nirvana side more, but like, I love the Pixies. So I had some friends that were really into them that were like, just would not accept that I wasn't like a huge fan of them because they were like, you like all this other stuff that you should like this. And they kind of grinded it into me until I got into it. And then they reunited. and I was like, well, this works out really well. So I'm going to go see the Pixies now. I didn't take Maybe. them because I'm a bad friend. But anyway, <laughs> you could totally listen to this whole album because it's only 38 minutes long and you sh- probably should. But if you're only going to pick one song, Monkey Gone to Heaven is my pick on this record because it's just fun and it's got an awesome bass line that I love. So that's about it on this one. So like if you're not going to go out
2: and listen to this, you're fucking up. You're fucking up at life. <laughs> you
0: should have yeah, to. Ever- it. Little-
2: my experience was the same. Like it was one of those things where everybody was like, you, you know, the pixies influence us, the pixies influence us. And then you go back and you say, Oh fuck. Yeah. That's why they influenced
0: you. Yeah. Cause they're fucking spectacularly good. Right. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. They're like,
0: it's like, so one of those bands that you're surprised when you go back to Cause you're like, hey, how good can they possibly be? And I've never heard if of I've them. Never,
2: right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and then
0: you go back and you're like, yeah. Oh, cause th- that actually influenced <laughs> my like music discovery too. Cause I'm like, wait, so shit that like nobody knows can be amazing. Yeah, well, that's gonna really fuck up my record buying. I gotta <laughs> buy a lot of stuff now, right? So, yeah. the 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 benefit like being that, like you can, you absolutely need to go listen to Doolittle. You should totally do that. You'd love it, actually. It's right up your alley. It's poppy, kind of catchy,
2: but a little bit weird. I think and there's like- definitely there's mm. definitely a like a through line from uh, Pixies to Death Cab too. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Is yeah. there? oh hundred oh, right.
2: percent. Yeah. Like, you'll you'll see. I'm into yeah. it. You'll see a lot where Ben Gibbard pulled a lot of stuff from Pixies.
0: Yeah, this might actually be us giving Christy her new favorite band. Like, I could see her getting, like, (laughs) right into the Pixies pretty hard. She's a big Weezer. You're a big Weezer fan, too, right? Like, you like Weezer a lot.
1: I do love Weezer.
0: if you like Weezer, going back to the Pixies is going to blow your mind. Mm -hmm. Because they stole everything from the Pixies. (laughs) Yep. Like, amazing everything. (laughs) Like, their cover of Valoria isn't, like, it's a straight... Oh, fuck so good note, for note cover yeah but it's not even like a, a cover where they do anything it's just like no this is such a good song they don't need play to play it straight yeah. yeah absolutely no it's totally is but it's it's funny because like usually when you get a cover of something like that they they mess with it or try to make it their own it. nope yeah. nope totally yeah. just yeah. like the pixies version just played by weezer awesome yep didn't have to do that's amazing yeah it's great uh so yeah absolutely you should go listen to do little christy i think you'd enjoy the shit out of it
1: all right all right I'm into it.
0: Cool. Number twenty-two.
1: All right. Well, my number twenty-two is—it's a callback to an uh, to a band I've already talked about, but it is Coldplay's "Rush of Blood to the Head." Nice. Yeah, because I said that my favorite was Vida La Vida, and I stand by it. But it was such like it was hard with Coldplay in particular, and like I know it's farther down on my list, but it's because like even though the songs were really good. I still feel like there were other albums that were better than Coldplay, so. <laughs> but I found that particularly "Rush of Blood to the Head" was my first real experience with Coldplay. It had like the scientist and clocks, and you know, in my place, and it's just it. It was so moving. I think it was like I must have discovered them when I was like, oh, when did that record come out? Um,
0: two thousand. I want to say two thousand and three. Uh, yeah, three or four.
1: 2002, 2002. When did uh,
0: parachutes come out? Then was that 99 or 2000? Uh,
2: parachutes
0: came out uh,
1: 2000,
0: 2000, 2000. Yeah, summer uh-huh. 2000. Yeah, those two albums like ruined my <laughs> life for those three years, four years or whatever. Well, hey. That's all anybody wanted to listen to was like every girl loves Coldplay, that's and true. that was like the peak of Coldplay. They were just getting started, huge. So mm. everybody was like, "Oh, do you like Coldplay? You're into like rock music?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but like How that's dare, not you? really <laughs> like." <laughs> it's not you know heavy rock, rock music like, you're a u2 fan though right
1: yeah well it's not the same
0: it is and it isn't it is it's it's rock in that like very pop, pop rock, rock yeah. kind of ways yes yeah, it is pop so. rock but but they can write a
1: this like was i think yes oh my oh, god this is a
0: fucking this is a beautiful album great yeah. album
1: so. it's and the thing was all the songs were just so melodic mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like they still had, and that was one thing that I really admired about Coldplay, and they were, it was part of the reason I got turned on to Death Cab and like other albums like that because it was it had that sort of indie rock feel, but without it wasn't indie rock, but a lot of their music had that like melodic feel, like I was saying, and but still with a really intense like good beat, and it was catchy as hell. But like in particular, like I mean, I I listened to um, the scientist a gajillion times because it was like the first time I'd really experienced like piano mashing with rock in a long time. Like that wasn't like classic, yeah. you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it wasn't something that was being done very much around then. I don't, not that not I can yet. remember.
1: Yeah, so like I don't know. I just I I really loved that album. It was just gorgeous to listen to, and always like so chill. It's, it's just
2: it's one of those super like ca- cathartic uh sort of yes. albums, you know, it's just it's just a release. That was the word I was looking for mm-hmm. earlier. Was <laughs> catharsis? Yes. I I have trouble with that word sometimes too, and I don't know why, but because we were just talking
0: about the tea party song called cathartic earlier in the day and yeah. <laughs> uh, it completely fucking left my brain. That's awesome. All right, cool.
1: <laughs> That's how you associate yep. now. <laughs> but yeah, so it definitely was a mood influencer, you yeah. know? Like, all music influences your mood, but this one in particular I found I was always just like, ah. Yeah. Like, it was bathtub music.
2: <laughs> Is that, like, a thing? I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah. I've got music
2: I play when i Oh. I'm, yeah.
1: Okay. Why haven't I had my glass of wine yet? Fool. <laughs> but, yeah. So, like, it just, I don't really need to say much more about it. Just a solid album of, like, relaxing, gorgeous, might-make-you-get-teary music.
2: Right, plus, you plus you just got to rep your friend, Chris Martin. There is that
1: I do. I got to rep. I'm seeing him tomorrow. I'm so excited. <laughs> but like the other thing I'll say this about Coldplay and about Rush of Blood to the Head is they told some good stories in their music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, you know, he was a boy. She was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? But it was like, you know. well, there
0: is a lot of that in there, too, though. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. But I found it super enjoyable. Yes. So yeah, no, it's, yeah. Uh, it's one of those
0: albums that like I, I always have on my
2: phone because eventually somebody will ask me about Coldplay. But <laughs> and it's one of those few uh, albums on Christie's list anyway that that is also critically acclaimed. That's true. So there's that. There is that.
1: I have a lot of critically acclaimed albums. Yeah, uh, like
2: Aquarium and uh,
0: Lone Star.
1: Not on this particular <laughs> list, but and, and yeah,
0: Queen's okay. greatest hits. Well, Queen's greatest hits, like it's being critically acclaimed, because like it's Queen's greatest fucking hits, right? Yeah, so, like <laughs> that's that's worth it because it's fucking Queen. But like.
1: <laughs> Queen is amazing, and you can make fun of me all you want, but the greatest hits had the greatest hits. That's, uh
0: Well, she's not wrong there. I mean, that's technically true.
1: <laughs> <hard. laughs> it <laughs> goes against
0: the spirit of what we're trying to accomplish here, but I'll. uh I'll accept it for <laughs> now, because I know
1: I haven't done it with more like too I know because I'm gonna have to
0: yell at
2: Tim right now. So yep, you are gonna have to yell at me right now. Why, Tim? What is your number twenty three? My number twenty two. Twenty two. Sorry. God damn it! <clears throat> My number twenty two is the decline by No Effects from 1999. It is a single album or a single song album. It's a oh and yes. an eighteen and a half minute punk symphony it might be classified more as an ep because it's only like 18 19 minutes long Yeah, because it's an ep because it's less than 20 minutes long but in my defense keep in mind punk songs are usually like a minute and a half to two minutes right if this were individual tracks it would be at least nine to ten songs and we've talked about and will talk about albums on this episode that have had nine or ten songs or fewer fucking dark side of the moon is eight songs Final, first of all also and, and, and four
0: of those songs are eight minutes long <laughs> not one 18 minute song one 18 this is one. this is
2: my first well,
0: controversial it, it 18 does. minutes
2: 18 minutes is an ep i'm gonna let you but have that it because yeah. it's pretty good but like <laughs> <laughs> but that one song is an 18 minute punk symphony and how the fuck often do you hear that It's got distinct movements. It's got recurring themes. It's just it has no fucking right to be as good as it is for an 18-minute punk song.
1: Yeah, I really can't, like, say anything. I have no clout in this conversation.
0: (laughs) Here. Even the shortest Ramones album, full length. This is the Ramones. Shortest fucking, like, songwriters ever. (laughs) Their shortest album is 29 minutes and four seconds. Still an album. Over 25 (laughs) minutes. That's an album. Two sides. All right. This wouldn't kill oh, it.
1: I don't know if you can make that choice. Though, I don't have cause to make like, the choice.
0: The Recording I, Industry I, Association of America made the choice of how to define an EP. <laughs> that's what I'm going by. I'm sorry. No, you know what? let's
2: just talk about the album because I'm just being a dick. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I fucking love it. It is structured really well. It has slower parts that give you a break from that like really just frantic punk sort of driving side of things it's just 18 minutes of straight up punk rebellion it has some pretty good uh, political and social commentary up until i heard this i kind of just thought as no effects is just kind of like another like you know bunch of like dick and fart joke like uh, oh, yeah. sort of novelty yeah. punk bands yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean it talks about shit like conformity and uh, anti-capitalism and talks about like the dumbing down of america like this is an album that is as relevant today as it was And in like ninety nine, coming into the Bush era, uh or the the W Bush era. Um like abusive antidepressants, gun violence, gun fetishism, all that sort of stuff is touched upon here. None of those problems exist anymore, Tim. What are you
1: talking about?
2: No, none at all. It's not like I've spent the last week fucking just debating with gun fetishists, which is probably a fruitless enterprise, but I'm a glutton. I'm a glutton for punishment
0: um we have to do like an episode I, of the podcast where we talk about personal stuff and not actually record it
2: as a podcast is what you're trying yeah. to say
0: christy <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: anyways musically this shit is tight as hell tight as any punk music ever is going to be like there are absolutely outstanding bass riffs it starts with like this really cool bass riff and bass chords which you don't fucking hear very often uh it's itself, mm-hmm. like, but okay well you listen to a lot more tool than yeah, i
0: do buddy <laughs> um
2: it's got like searing punk drums throughout. It's got like classic Fat Mike vocals and those like tight surfer rock punk harmonies kind of yeah. thing. It's something I don't understand how they perform live, but they do and they have quite a few times. It's just got to be just a fucking marathon to get through. I mean, like, you, yeah, but like, there's downtimes for everybody yeah, in the song. got downtime.
0: Kind of. And like, it's kind of like, it, it really is kind of like maybe like, eight songs kind of smooshed together <laughs> kind of really yeah. so like there are
2: it, it breaks does in it and stuff yeah. like
0: that and like i mean i've seen yeah like isis or mastodon or somebody like that you know playing like these really intense songs that go on for 12 13 14 minutes so like 18 yeah. minutes is long but it's not like insane you know what i mean um especially for a punk band yeah. who are used to like excessively high energy and like speed so yeah.
2: It's got some great lyrical turns. Like some of my favorites are uh 10,000 messages a day, a million more transitions, lay victims of the last affair." It's also got Jerry said a couple months. It's hard to enjoy yourself when bleeding out the yeah. ass, which yeah. is very, a very oh, no effects. Yeah, lyric. Very, 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 very no effects lyric. So, yeah. And then the, uh, this, the final line, which really just encapsulates the whole thing so well is he's got his and I've got mine meet the decline. Yeah topical right it isn't uh yeah absolutely that was the one that stood
0: out to me when i was listening to this like listening back to this i was like oh geez that's uh that still touches like hits right on the nose that one so
2: yeah and it's so simple but just really cuts to the crux of everything you have so many issues of western society so and then it fades out with an epic trombone riff and how many fucking songs can say that they fade out with an epic trombone none that i can name offhand so that's
1: very true that's
2: awesome (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, this this was one that Alicia introduced me to because uh, it's one of her, again another one of her favorite albums ever. She introduced me to it pretty shortly after we started dating, so it would have been like a few years after it released. But, uh I said, at that point I was just like, yeah, I know know of what No Effects is. Like I had their song "My Vagina" yeah. about a guy getting sex change operation on my phone. Yeah, oh, I remember yeah, that. One. That was that was kind uh, of what I thought about them as at that point. Oh, yeah.
1: What is that what is that song again? China
2: has lots of extra skin. They took my out and made an on.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of a different one.
2: <laughs> and uh I don't think I need to do a recommended track. No, about. because there's only one track. <laughs> I mean, as far as like punk goes, I ne- no
0: is a band that like I like more than the average pop punk doesn't do much for me overall like it's kind of the same reason I don't get into like like the really fast like speed metal stuff I you, I like I'm just it becomes a wash and I I don't catch it anymore the only other thing I had was like I hate the way they fucking tune their drums when they do punk song everything's pinging and there's no <laughs> resonance I'm like just yeah, it's
2: so oh, tight like, and poppy it's fucking horrible it makes me just want to die um but I mean they need to do that right just so that they get that bounce yeah no I going a- they're doing they're doing uh
0: like muller rolls and stuff like that they have to move really Mm -hmm. fast i understand exactly why they're doing like i know the technique it's just like i hate the sound of a kit that's tuned that way so um which will like i'll be able to tell you why because i like like my next album is just like a drum fucking masterclass. so (laughs) in terms of recording and playing so so i get i get really bitchy about my uh my my drum sounds on stuff so about about pitchy yeah, drums yeah especially when they start your, your snare starts to ping more than it actually cracks then i'm i'm out i'm out tapping out <laughs> i'm out that but that's uh that's my drummer talk so there you go
2: so that's it no effects of decline it's probably not one a lot of people know about but uh if you're a punk fan at all and you've never heard that you owe it to yourself to go check it out absolutely yeah
0: it's a good listen all right so my number uh 2022 20, i think we're at right now is uh led zeppelin 4 do oh. i need to tell you uh, who led Zeppelin are? Do we have to talk
2: about this at all? As to why? Do we have to? <laughs> no. We this don't. is an outstanding fucking album. Yeah. It's absolutely. not even it's not even called for. It doesn't have a fucking name. No. They didn't they didn't put their goddamn name on the album. No, no, there's no name on the album.
0: The album's technically the title is the four symbols that are on the spine. So whatever you yeah. want to call that, Zoso, Zoso or whatever. It's I mean I just call it four because it's easier than saying Zoso yeah. and then explaining what Zoso is. And it was preceded by one, two, and three. And it was exactly. It is the fourth Led Zeppelin <laughs> album. So it makes the most sense to call it Led Zeppelin four. By far my favorite Led Zeppelin album. Although I do yeah. definitely have a soft spot for physical graffiti as well because I, there's a lot of shit on there like cashmere and stuff that I really, really like. But I mean, like, it starts with Black Dog which mm-hmm. immediately and alone should qualify it for like probably one of the greatest albums in like the recording or in the recording history of humankind because it's fucking black dogs. So yeah, no, every band that has made a huge impact on me stems from Led Zeppelin. They are better or for worse, the center pin of rock music. Like they're where everything that I like kind of starts eventually kind of thing. Like you can trace mm-hmm. it all back. I mean the Beatles. Yes, obviously, but then Beatles definitely like, got that got stole from black people yes yeah exactly (laughs) exactly we can get into that if you really want to but there's a lot of it that's absolutely true and still doesn't mean that these aren't fucking spectacular records so true and in a lot of cases they are now paying those black men's estates to like still publish these songs now so there is that But yeah, like it's it's such a huge album. Like Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven, and that's literally just side one. The yeah. like that's side one. So like you're crushing, right? And then that's side crazy. two is Misty Mountain Hop, and and then when the Levy breaks is also on there. It's just like the best single assembly of tracks they put together. Yeah, like out of everything they put together, and this is Led Zeppelin. Like all of their albums are spectacularly well put together, especially those first like five or six, probably. So
2: yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just it's fucking Led Zeppelin 4. Go listen to it. it. It's fucking outstanding. I look at it. I, I look at it the same way. I kind of look at all Zeppelin's albums. They're more collections of songs than they are like cohesive albums. Yeah, absolutely. They're ordered well, but they don't have much in the way of like a through line or anything like yeah, that.
0: They don't get into that weird, like the through line stuff until kind of like the the post numbered albums. I think like, yeah. like physical graffiti, it kind of happens a little bit, but more into like Coda and Presence and stuff like that where you yeah. get into the like they start like you can see the Pink Floyd influence starting to happen on them like progressive starts to influence Zeppelin very heavily and stuff at, like later on whereas earlier on they were just like a big stomping fucking heavy rock band so
2: yeah they had sort of the same uh, the same arms race going on with Floyd as like the Beach Boys and Beatles did back and yeah, absolutely, forth Absolutely yeah where you could see them like trying to outdo each other yeah. and that kind of thing For a long time I was like I would
0: vehemently uh, argue that you were either a, like a Zeppelin fan or a Pink Floyd fan. Like you couldn't be both. Like I know people could be. Oh, but, I, like, I I always think you would have a preference between the two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If, you were gonna, if you were like pick pick one of the two, which one do you take? I'm gonna bet you pick Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm on the other side of that street. I'm a oh, Zeppelin. But, uh, nah. I'd probably pick Zeppelin in the end. Really? Okay. Yeah, just because they were overall more consistent. You know, Pink Floyd really tapered off later on, and Zeppelin, partially because a couple of key members died. No, one of one. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> only one. They're still yeah. only down. And actually, to be fair, they're only still down one guy right now. Like, yeah, the rest of the band's still alive somehow. You no, know, I mean that. Uh, even that album um, that uh, Jimmy Page now? and uh, Robert Plant. Fion- Fion- robert plant did with uh oh no it was just jimmy page with the black rose oh yeah yeah that, okay that live album yeah, and tour done, that they did was yeah. fucking phenomenal they've done a ton of these uh i just saw him plant, plant and yeah plant and page are still touring together
0: yeah he just toured here in like last year sometime i went i was there we were yeah. there yeah awesome and, and plant Plant's amazing.
2: voice has obviously gone a bit but page is still fucking on his game yeah. Oh, yeah. He still plays guitar like a fucking monster.
0: He was always kind of sloppy, though. Like his style was always always kind of like a little yeah. slow, like lagged behind a little like bit. But yeah. yeah. But he always he still plays like a fucking master. He's still one of the best fucking guitar players in the history of rock and roll. So yeah, absolutely.
2: What are you gonna do? No, it's a fucking outstanding album. And I mean, there's another one that's just critically acclaimed out the ass, and oh, yeah, is on like almost everybody's. Like, you know, if we were talking like objective like best albums of all time, yeah. this would easily be in the top like 10? 15 probably top 10 yeah probably top. Yeah.
0: i i I would make an argument for it in top five but i'm a big let's up on yeah. guy so but yeah no I, I i love this album and like i just want to shout out john bonham like the drum sound on this album is my favorite drum sound wow. well my first my favorite pre-90s drum sound ever like n- i nothing ever sounded like this before that and like it to this day, I will. Like, I've been in studio and like sat down with producer. I'm like, "What do you want your drums to sound like?" And I'm like, "Is there any other a- answer than Led Zeppelin 4? And they're like, "Yeah, but like you got to be Jimmy Page to get that kind of sound, <laughs> John Bonham <laughs> playing. So like, you're not John Bonham, and I'm not that good a producer. And, <laughs> no,
2: all right, yeah, that's fair. No, it's fucking phenomenal. Apparently, this album is tied for the third highest certified album in the U.S. Yeah. ever at 23 times platinum. Yeah, which is. Yeah, that's uh, what? What is that? 23 million that's copies, right? Like, is, is it as part a million in the States still? Yeah, uh, I think so. It's sold more than 37 million copies total. Like worldwide. Uh, so yeah. That, yeah, worldwide. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was 23 million in wow. the US
0: and the streaming on Spotify. So you can just go click over and listen to all eight tracks. It's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So just go, if you can get through black dog and you're not impressed, then again, you're, there's something fucking wrong with you in your brain or heart or whatever. So. And it's got a Tolkien-themed song. Well, I will have to go. Well, yes. Records. Also, yeah. There's a, there's some Tolkien references <laughs> in there for you. Yep. Because stairway to heaven's in there. So it appeals so. to the nerds. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That was that's it for me. Led Zeppelin 4 Fucking just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It probably should have been higher on my list, but I it just I don't know. It, it was picking one Led Zeppelin record is hard.
1: You yeah. Had three.
0: <laughs> yeah. I did it'll you had it'll show up on my list eventually too, for sure. Alright, let's uh let's wrap this shit up. Number 21. Christy, let's get your last one.
1: All right. My number 21 is Jimmy Eat World nice. Bleed American.
0: That's a classic pop punk album. Nice. That, see, this is a good fucking record. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Oh, I love I that record.
1: Love it so much. It like held holds such a special place in my like growing up. And just like I listened to it constantly all the time and like i can't believe it came out in 2001 because like i listen to it still like constantly all the time and think about like it it still feels like relevant could be have played like a couple years ago music do you know what i mean
0: absolutely yeah yeah definitely they're touring this summer i think they're coming around. They played last summer, too. I
1: haven't actually kept up with Jimmy Eat World as much as I should have. Um, solely because, nobody, like...
0: Nobody else has Yeah, either. I
1: just really loved this album so much. And I just... I don't know. I, I, You know how, like, there's those bands that you love and you don't really want them to be spoiled. So you kind of just avoid if you hear that things are going to yeah. be bad.
0: No, but <laughs> I'm a glutton for yeah. punishment and a time I, nerd I tend crap, to so
1: avoid you know. if I can. Um so if I hear that things aren't going to be great, I'm just like, I'll just remember this and enjoy it.
0: No, I've listened to all the new U2 albums in the last couple of
1: years. So, <laughs> oh geez. that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy World for me, like it was again a gateway to Death Cab and to a whole <laughs> bunch of yeah. other like of my favorite bands. And actually, this should have been higher on my list, to be perfectly honest. But like, there's a couple of places it it should have fit in before now but regardless it is uh, i think i don't know if i had to pull i i can't just pick one but it would probably be between um sweetness and hear you me like there's a, just so many good songs on this on this album but um hear you me breaks my heart in like a be- million beautiful ways you ever list like? Do you guys remember that one?
0: I yeah, I love this album. You're, the fact that your answer is not "Bleed American" is the best song on this record, which it <laughs> very clearly is. Makes you wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> um,
1: Bleed American's a good. It's a good song. It's a su- great. I love sweetness.
0: Yeah, sweetness is too. sweetness is
1: great. Sweetness
0: is too pop song And
1: here you me, here you me was like around the campfire. So
0: yeah, oh no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. I just like you know i'm the hard rock guy right yeah. so bleed american is automatically going to be the song that i'm like holy shit that is spectacular and it's the reason why i bought the record like yeah. it sold me the like i actually bought this cd which i did a lot of in 2001 but that's neither here nor there oh, yeah i had this cd and like i loved the shit out of it it was a great cd but like bleed american was just like especially when it got like i mean it got banned because of 9-11 and all that mm-hmm. other insanity but, yeah uh it was such a good fucking song because i think that was the is that not the title of the album when it yeah. first came out was
2: yeah and they had
0: to change it yeah yeah which is disappointing because whatever but anyway awesome like I, that's a great album and bleed is a spectacularly really good song to this day
1: yeah it's quality so yeah i don't really need to say much more you just go listen to jimmy world and like enjoy my 90s binge apparently
2: yep. enjoy. yeah and enjoy the angst
0: more more 90s than even i even me <laughs>
1: <laughs> i uh yeah well that was when i really listened to music mostly like I, I listened to full albums when I was a teenager because we hadn't gotten iPods yet.
0: See, iPods just made me worse about listening to full albums because <laughs> they were just hit play, go, I'm awesome. Nah, I
1: shuffled all the time. That's when my shuffling began. Oh
0: no. I, I, I shuffle now and did then, but I would still be like, No, if, if I'm listening to something new, I wanna hear the I wanna hear the intent of the artist. But yeah. I'm a uh,
1: You're a purist.
0: Well, I'm also a snobby art guy, so there's that too. <laughs> all right. I could talk about that me world record for a while. A
1: I know, CD. but we're rounding out pretty late. Yeah, we got
2: to we got to get that's, we got to That's get for done. another podcast. Absolutely, Tim. My number 21 is one that's kind of out of left field, but it's uh yeah, one that maybe not a lot of people have heard about, but it's by a, a producer duo called the Avalanches and it's uh Since I Left You from the year 2000 in the year Two,
1: 2000. Yeah. I don't think i know this one.
2: So, well, that's the thing. Oh, you it's, would love it. It's a lot of fun. It was, like I said, they're just this producer duo out of Australia. This was their debut album for the longest time. This was all they'd put out. It was like one and done. They finally put out their second album, like last year, Last year was 2016, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. like, so like 16 fucking years later, but it's just, it's almost entirely samples. I mean, almost oh. entirely samples, but like it's, uh, I think the whole album has like over 3,500 samples on it, and then they just sort yeah, of add it's... their own backing tracks to it. Um, what? Yeah. And it's, ab- you can tell why it took them so long to do it, is because like they were literally just like pouring over record after record after record. Uh, and these samples are like super cool, like stuff from like 60s and 70s rock, like soul, like that sort of hokey instrumental, Lawrence Welkie kind of music. <laughs> Which is another favorite genre of mine that we've never really discussed. I'm sure we'll get I'll get to that someday. Like not on these album episodes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometime we're just talking about like weird musical interests and like weird little snippets of like old fifties and sixties like movies and T V shows and stuff like that. Um just yep. overdubbed on like these really awesome like sort of dance beats kind of thing. And uh yeah.
1: That is a very cool genre in itself. Yeah.
2: It's it's just a masterpiece of production overall it's uh very hard to sort of determine where the recorded instruments end and where the samples begin a lot of the time like some of it's really clearly sampled some of it you're like is that sample are they actually playing that or what
1: that's cool though
2: yeah this definitely spins out of my my daft punk uh interest there's a, a definitely some overlapping stuff there but yeah it's just it's a really fun like dreamy chill out album with some really awesome backing beats to it. And it's another one of those albums where all the songs just seg into each other really well. It's pretty well structured. It has like some little interludes and like a couple songs that are a little slower and give you a little more downtime. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those albums that makes me want to just, just dance, just move to the beat.
1: It's going to be okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: And like, like a lot of my favorite albums, like a lot of the albums on here, it's just one of those things that came out of the time and it was out of left field. Nobody else was doing anything like that at the time. And I would, that's apparently the sort of shit that I just gravitate to is shit yeah. that's fucking trends and, you know, just fucking saying like, yeah, what, you know, doing that, that Nintendo thing where you're looking over the fence and being like, oh, hey, what's everybody doing over there? All right, I'm going to do this thing that's totally fucking different. <laughs>
1: I just like to be diff- away from the the grind yeah. the same The only
2: normally. the o- only reason that most people might that that some people might know this even though they might not really under- realize that it's from this album or from this band is that this the video Frontier Psychiatrist was like went viral before viral kind of thing like it was all over fucking much music and shit like that and it was a really cool video and mm-hmm. sort of sort of insane it was sort of set up like they had all these little vignettes that were people acting out the little samples that were playing throughout the song.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Really, really fun video as well. But honestly, that song is more, it's a good song, but uh it's more of a novelty than the rest of the album is. The rest of the album is more just sort of straight up dance and stuff like, uh, not straight up dance, but just different move, vibe move overall. Yeah. And th- I'm thinking this might be my, the longest album that's been on my list so far. Cause it's a little over an hour. And most Ooh. of my albums tend to be like really tight, short. Apparently, as short as eighteen minutes. <laughs> uh, but usually, <laughs> they usually 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 they come in around like the like forty five sort of minute mark. Because I generally think I just prefer like tighter albums. You know, sort of less is more kind of thing. And my recommended track on this would probably be the opening track since I left you. It's just a really beautiful, happy, bouncy, poppy song.
1: I'm cool. into all those things. Yeah,
0: yeah. You would enjoy this record. It was not my cup of tea. Um, I listened to it again this week and was like, "Oh yeah, I remember. I remember when it came out. It was a big deal, but it was uh, it didn't do much for me." So cool. You Good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Last okay. One. My number twenty-one last one is Interpol's "Turn on the Bright Lights," which is a complete nostalgia placement for me. <laughs> it is yeah. just one of those albums that was like on and around while I was in rock and stuff like that and like all that post-punk stuff was or not i guess whatever post-punk new york revival Mm kind of scene was all over the the place like 2003 2004 and like that kind of stuff yeah absolutely yeah the strokes and uh there's a couple other like the killers were kind of lumped into that kind of stuff like all those bands were there
1: oh yeah there's totally like that uh, so many of the albums like have to have some sort of nostalgia vibe
2: and uh and the the vines and Yes. Uh the Hives was the other yeah. one too. I know they're, they're not like from New York but like, ever, but, Yeah. But I, same, I like the same, Hives. The Hives yeah, same group. Or same uh France Ferdinand Yeah. yeah. France Ferdinand was all, uh Paul's pick from that, that little bit. All rode group. that same yep. sort of uh that same wave. Yeah, that post punk revival yeah. kind
0: of wave. I don't know, it was just like I just remember good times hanging around smoking and drinking while well, this record was like <laughs> playing off in the background and stuff like that. And like, like that weird, like the lovely early aughts New York revival days. Like everybody was just again into rock and roll, which for me was kind of nice. Cause it was like, Oh, I could be in a band and whatever and people appreciated it. So yeah, I completely turned off. And this was like right up my alley. Interpol was much more of like a joy division kind of influenced act, more gothy kind of dark, at, yeah. But like atmosphere and stuff like that like the album like has atmosphere to spare and really nicely encapsulates like that whole whatever you want to call it like 20 something year old hipster malaise i guess like it's just mm-hmm. so evocative of all of that like i like her but i got to pretend to be cool and shit like that like that's what the whole record is about kind of thing it's just like putting on that air of mis- mystery and coolness i guess that these guys all tried to put up <laughs> but it works so well like the album works so well it flows nicely the whole way through and like, I was, well, I spent time with it this week to do the episode. I, there's a 10th anniversary, the 10th anniversary just happened not too long ago. Yeah. And they just put out, uh, an edition, like a 10th anniversary edition. And I was listening to that and like nerding out over like the demos and stuff like that. So it, cause it's really, I always enjoy listening to like the way bands put music together and like the writing process of stuff. So it was cool to see songs like Roland or Stella was a diver and she was always down like in their like second or third demo phase kind of thing where they're just played like clearly recorded on somebody's phone from like the other side of the room kind of thing. But you'd still hear the intent of the song kind of forming and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. also it's one of my favorite album arts of all time. It's like the most minimal like, yeah. red on black with like this small white, beautiful little serif font in it. They fuck it up on the 20, the 10th anniversary edition, everything like all the text like gets three times bigger than it should be and looks terrible. But the original design is spectacular and still like, doesn't evoke the white stripes which would have been a problem at the time even though they're all like everything is black and red so that's pretty cool yeah yeah i'm like so song i'm just trying to speed through so we can finish the episode no i mean
2: it's a it's a is a great album i was i was late to the party on uh interpol i didn't interpol. get them until a few years after this and so and at that point i'd sort of missed the the wave uh yeah. but i still I, I still love the singles off this album absolutely and and even yeah. some of the b-sides too yeah Yeah, like my, like you could, I don't, I like making me pick a song off this
0: album feels like cruelty. Like, I just, I hate having to pick one song off this one. I had an impossible time picking a song off Led Zeppelin 4, too. It's just like, how do you pick between like Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven, and Black Dog? Like, that's not, that's not fair. You shouldn't be asking people to choose between those songs. But (laughs) for me, like, Obstacle 2 is probably like kind of encapsulates the whole mission statement of the album. If you can play both Obstacle 1 and Obstacle 2 back to back, that's pretty much turn on the bright lights in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I also have a soft spot for Roland and uh, like I said, Stella was a diver and she was always down possibly because I just like that title. I think it's a fucking spectacularly good song title. So,
1: Stellar was a diver. Stella, yeah, was, a Stella diver. was a
0: diver and she was always down. That's the actual title of the song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome.
0: Good. So yeah, that's, that's my number 21 is uh, Interpol's turn
2: on the bright lights. Yep. Good choice. It is a, a classic of our generation. Yeah, absolutely. Cool.
1: I've only heard a bit of Interpol, but I like. What Again, I've
2: heard. another band you probably like played a lot of uh, a lot of Interpol and rock band. Yeah, man, PDA. I can't remember if it was a rock Yeah, PDA. It's it's like I think that like what the first song that they have you play or something like that because it's just so repetitive. Something
0: like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was so excited when I saw the PDA was in one of those stuff because I was just like I fucking love Interpol, so I wanted more. I, I they're one of those bands that I'm like, uh, if I could have a little bit more Interpol in my rock band, it'd be
2: sweet.
0: But you know. yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to a what will probably be a fairly long episode, even after editing. Please let us know what your uh, favorite records are or what, you're just, what your thoughts on our discussion tonight was or just whatever you want to talk to us about. It would be totally awesome. You can do that via Twitter, at DRD underscore podcast. I'm going to say Twitter first because I feel like everybody's deleting their Facebook right now, so I don't know how we're <laughs> going to navigate that little... Are you not know, I've been hearing this. Like, there's, nah, I've had one or two. There's a poll claim out from McLean's that 73% of Canadians are considering deleting their facebook account because of this and considering but they've already lost like a a couple million users because of it yeah so if we didn't have all this podcast because of all the
2: uh cambridge data breach and the story that came out this past week that was like that uh they're storing data on android users calls if but only if you like shared certain information with facebook messenger i think either way yeah anyways
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: So either way, we'll see if Facebook's still around in a couple weeks and <laughs> we'll figure that out then. Um, you can email us clearly at dance robot at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcast from. I've been Mark. I've been here with Christy, who is barely on frame and not awake.
1: I am not. I'm I'm passing <laughs> out, guys. It's 12 Yeah, we're recording late
0: because of Christy, but now she's gonna <laughs> give it. A-
1: yeah. I but I participated, I was here, I have my list awesome. for next time. We're not, well, we're gonna get through oh, one
0: more yeah. of these things. I thought we would be done.
1: I figured we'd go to thirty.
0: I thought we'd do. I didn't think we'd get past (laughs) twenty. To be perfectly honest with you. So. All right. Sam, say good night. Good night, everybody. Have a good one, guys. Uh, We hope you have an awesome weekend or whatever. Go listen to some music. Just go. Yeah, listen. Come on, Barbie, and let's go party. Uh,
2: uh, uh, That's kind of gross.
0: I don't know if you want to come on, Barbie. That's
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, freezing. Probably. Oh, Ken! I'm having so much fun. (laughs) Well, Barbie, we're just getting started.
1: Uh, I love you, Ken.
2: (laughs) So bad. (laughs)
1: Ah, 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 yeah.